Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies mate. Call 13IMAR. Patton Hills, Queensland made. All right, a very good morning to you, Hills. Now, do I need to give you a wake-up call during the uh, the day? Have you been you've been watching Wimbledon last mm, night, haven't yes. you? And the whole Curios affair was uh, a marathon saga, to say the least. Well, I did start to doze uh, in and out of uh, life. <laughs> in sets four and five, so I got to see the end eventually. And uh, yes, it had everything. He was gibbering on in the first set, and he he couldn't quite tell what he was saying, but it, gee, he was talking to everyone. He was talking to the crowd. He was talking to the linesmen and women. Talking to the referee. The referee, the umpire, chair umpire, was laughing at him quite a bit. <laughs> she, it was a, a female, and she told him to just just keep playing uh, a couple of times. So yeah, and then in the press conference, a bit more revealed. Yes, he's. Uh... He's got through in five uh, against the, the local qualifier, Paul Jubb. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's he's pounded down 29 aces, 62 winners, but interspersed there with 53 unforced errors. So it was a, uh, a dramatic curious opener uh, at Wimbledon, but he's through. Uh, and he's, he spoke. It was one of the strangest press conferences. He's brought his dinner in with him. Mm-hmm. And he's just eating away in front of the journos and chatting. And it was a long press conference. Was it? it was a rambling press conference. And, uh, yeah, look, let's have a listen to a little bit of Nick Kyrgios on the win. Just a typical first round here for me. I played so many five-setters first round. It was just an absolute roller coaster. <clears throat> so just super pumped to be able to just move through, really. Like, easily could have gone the other way today. You know, a couple lucky shots here or there, but... He put himself in a position to win. Yeah, you got the sneaky serve going. Mm. How good is and and he looks like he rushes the opponent. He he, he likes entertaining, so he he moves fast and yeah. and he gets the ball from the the ball boy and turns and serves. And so the other, the opponent's got to be ready. And then he he sort of just gets it between the legs and pops it over the net every now and then. <laughs> Well, in a nutshell, and Brett Phillips will be along this morning. It's Goat Wednesday, by the way, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. Luke Hodge and Cam Smith. Uh, Lions off a 64-point flogging by Melbourne. Maroons gave up 40 points in Origin 2, so that should be a fun hour today when we have the two of them on. But in a nutshell, at Wimbledon this morning, Kyrgios, Dimino, Jordan Thompson, Isla Tomlianovic, all through. Jason Kubler has joined them. He's taken down uh, the 28th seed, Dan Evans. But we have lost Alexi Popram, uh, Jamie Foolis, uh, Daria Saville, Zoe Hives and Astra Sharma. So good and bad news. But big news is that last year's runner-up, Matteo Berrettini, has joined Marin Cilic as COVID casualty. So mm. the draw is opening up. And the number six seed, Felix Ogier-Eliasim, 
the Canadian, is out as well. Serena remember on court at the Tom, moment. Remember Tom Hackett talked to us about those, that Cressy or Aliasim, whoever gets into that that second round, can mm. go deep. They're, they're expecting that side of the draw to open up. So you'll hear during the news breaks that Kyrgios uh, spat at the end of the match. Uh, mm. that There were hecklers, although he was asked about the abuse, where he has in the past been very vocal about racial abuse coming from sections of the crowd. So let's listen to this part of his press conference. Were you racially abused out on the court? Not, not, not today. Not today. No. Right. Okay. No. Um, but a lot of disrespect was being thrown today from crowds, and um, I'm just coming and starting to think that it's normal when it's really not. Um, you know, I didn't say anything to the crowd until they started just every time I came down to the far end, people just going. And it's, I don't know if it's normal or not. Remember that uh, doubles match you had in Australia? Mm. You reckon the Kiwi bloke uh, said anything to the crowd <laughs> that, that he was copying it from and and uh, Kyrgios gave it to him, had a run-in with him because he was generating such, you know, poor comment to, to his doubles opponents. Mm. He, he's not known for his consistency, is he? No, well, he also dealt out a bit of uh, verbal tirades mm. towards the uh, the staff and the the umpiring team uh, so he was asked about that whether that was doubled standards they're back out there refereeing umpiring but for me the hate messages have they carry way more weight than just that that's what people don't understand it's not just oh he made a bad call and i'm just abusing the umpire like i'm frustrated it's like if i lose this match you have no idea how much abuse i have to go through where the umpires don't go through anything what do they go through do you have any sympathy for them, though? Well, yeah, if I hit a 227 and hits them, I'm like, oh, sorry, are you okay? But, like, if they make a bad call that I just focus on one line, why would I have sympathy for that? It's hundreds and thousands of dollars on the line. Why would I have sympathy for that? Of course, they're human, Nick. <laughs> they're human, you can make an error, just like yourself. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a bit of an insight into the man himself. He's quite self-centred and absorbed and uh, every now and then lets himself down and becomes quite inconsistent to stuff he wants. He doesn't do stuff that he wants sometimes. Mm. Look, Brett Phillips will have an opinion. We know that he's not one of Curios' uh, big, big fans, but we'll we'll t- get his take on what, what's been an up-and-down day for uh, the Aussies. So with the exception, I suppose, of Daria, of Dasher, uh, and Popran, maybe, uh, the rest have got through, so it's been a pretty good day for uh, the Aussies at Wimbledon. And the, and the draw is opening opening up. I mean, they're worried about the effects of COVID. We've already lost two really big names in Berrettini, who, as I said, was last year's runner-up, and now and Chilich as well. And now they've lost uh, Azure Aliasim. He's gone uh, as well on the grass. So, yeah, some big names already disappearing. As I said, Goat Wednesday, and the big news for the Lions... Is that Lockie Neal is locked and loaded. Yep. Yeah, he's through until uh, 2026. Let's listen to the former Brownlow medalist telling the playing group yesterday this wonderful news. It's um, my privilege to, to be here. I think it's till the end of 2026, so I'll be pretty old by the time that mud rolls around, so I won't be going anywhere. Um, ever since I've walked through the doors of this place, everyone in this room that's um, here and people that are not here anymore made me feel so welcome and um, really wrap their arms around me and Jules and, and now Piper and provide a lot of support. We couldn't be happier to um, finish our career here, feel like this is home now. Um, we've absolutely loved our time and can't wait for 
what's to come. Um, ultimate goal is to end up with a premiership or two and hopefully we can do that over the next couple of years. We've got full faith in this group and can't wait to see what we can do together. So thanks. Yeah, beauty. Yep. Beauty. Great on baller for another, what's that, three years? 23, 4, 5, 6. Four six, years. yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a big extension. So it'll, it'll take, yeah, that'll see him out. He's a line for life now. And this is after, you know, it's recently within the last fortnight that Frio was saying, you know, we're still a chance of getting him back. And, and there was that, the hiccup, you know, when the first, when the baby arrived. Yep. Uh, and the talk of him wanting, that, wanting out and wanting to go home. And to the Lions' credit, they've worked through that. They sat down with him and just said, hey, you know, you're a brand new family living a long way away from your families. What do you want? And they've done it. They, they've satisfied him and Jules and the new baby. And I think it's fantastic. They've done it. They've done a wonderful job. And Hodgie will tell us about that. Um, he's still very close within the four walls of, uh, of the line. So we'll, we'll chat to him today about that. But it's a huge coup for the Lions to get him up. And it's the perfect Philip for this week after they you know, got their backside smacked by the Premiers last week. And now they've got another really big match Thursday night against the Bulldogs. Uh, we hopefully get a couple of back. Hopefully we get the skipper back and Zach Bailey back. But, look, you know, the, the, it's just the Philip that they need. Um, Lockie spoke that on this decision, despite, you know, the, the outside noise about the possibility of Frio still being in the ballpark, that uh, he didn't really think that there was a, a doubt about this decision. Uh, no, nah, not at all. I think um, having been through what I did last year, um, we sort of sat down and, Went through it pretty thoroughly with uh, my family, uh, management, and and then the club, um, and decided that to extend here was the way to go and um, finish my career uh, at the Lions. So um, it was a really easy decision once we'd thrashed that out, and I'm really happy to be here for another three years, um, well, four years after this year. So um, yeah, super stoked and yeah, very very excited. Yeah, excellent. So are we. So are we, mate. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, Aussie rules. It's uh, a little bit inconsistent itself. Now, you can, Dion Prestia nearly passed, did pass out, got hit by the oh, hip yeah. and shoulder of Tom Stewart, who's been to the judiciary and just gets four matches. Yeah, you pull someone's headband off, you have to, you get fined a thousand dollars. I'm blowing up about that. How ridiculous time. is yeah. that? Now, what if your jersey gets ripped now? If your jersey gets ripped in a melee... It's a $2,000 oh, fine for the jersey Oh, you stretch me shorts. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> AFL, come on, get it right. I don't think Tom Stewart got off very, very lightly. They were asking for three matches, and the AFL got four. Four matches for that? What if he had got seriously injured? Fractured face? Like banged his head on the ground and couldn't ever play again, would he get four matches? Well, we'll talk to Hodgie about this. He knows more about this than us. Uh, yeah, but he's you can the debate it. Yeah, we can debate it, but it, it seemed to be that was the general consensus among those who know and the pundits down there that it was going to be a three or a four yeah, match. Band. Based on what? Based on history. Mm. Times have changed. Mm-hmm. What if he What if he get, breaks his neck? Yeah, well. That yeah. thing can... You, you can you can die legally in Aussie rules, right? So ca- someone coming from behind you, you with your knees in the back and the back of your neck, mm. uh, you don't know they're coming. You probably sense they are. They come from the side, and you got to be very careful. That's very severe contact with the head, and you just get four matches. Mm-hmm. They said reckless, severe, and something else, and 
Just four matches. I'm happy to listen Come to Hodgie on. on this. Come on. I'll, oh, I'll no, see, I think that's wrong. Quite often... The people who have come from the history of the game aren't the people to talk about. Mm. You know, the medicos might be, um, you know, mixed in with the former players because they've got away with it in the past. All right, at 6.15, what are your thoughts on uh, what happened to Stuart last night at the uh, at the panel? Four weeks. Brighton Homes open line is open, 13, 13, 55, or the Beckerwatt Lawyers text line. Muzz has already been on. Uh, your building and construction law experts, 0467 736 736. Uh, not a fan of Lodge, so uh, Lodge, they're saying, is now going to Roosters. He's a, he's a mercenary. He's had plenty of clubs. He's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. He's he? going to add some firepower now to mm. the Roosters, his third club for the for the year. How's he expected to add firepower? So oh, just lower your expectations, but you've got a big <laughs> bloke coming into your pack. See how he goes. Um. Lee, tell you what, the doctor down there is going to be nice and busy at Red Hill, yeah. getting them ready for this game on uh, on Saturday night. Q scan already. So Reynolds has admitted that he does have a rib fracture, but he still wants to play in the in the derby Saturday night. And Haas is just insisting he's playing. Yes, he, he's got both shoulders, ACs of both shoulders, and he's been in the last thirty six hours has been wandering around in a moon boot, but he he wants to play so. God, he's tough. Fair dinkum. He's going to look like a pincushion before he goes onto the ground on Saturday night. Probably, uh, you know, unless strapping's enough yeah. for him. So needles or just uh, tablets might well, get th- him there. Well, do you think that both of them? Well, no, he admitted before the origin that he gets needled in the shoulders. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do they they shove one in his ankle as well to get that through? Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not sure. I, um, I would say not. Sure, I'm not sure a medico is too responsible if he's... Putting three three joints full of quarters, eh? Yeah. For feeder back for the Titans, which is a, a big in, uh, we'd love to, well, I'd love to see them win. That'd be fantastic. So there's lots to talk about uh, in sport today. And as I said, it, it is Goat Wednesday because we've got Luke Hodge and Cameron Smith uh, coming off back-to-back uh, losses for their respective clubs uh, on, and teams, the Maroons and the Lions, of course. And we'll find out what's going to happen in Origin 3 how we're going to improve and win the series, and we'll find out from Hodgie how we're going to beat the Bulldogs on Thursday night. Because they play similar to Melbourne, don't they? Mm. They'll be tough. All right, it's 6.17 here on Breakfast with Patton Hills. Uh, We'll go to a break, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Join the show this morning. Uh, Lots to talk about. If you're upset by Curios, uh, come and tell us. Brighton Homes, open line 13 13 55, or that Becker Watt Lawyers text line 0467 736 736. Ebbing and flowing match, actually. And uh, Jubb's got plenty more tennis in him now. Yeah, well, it, it was 3-6, So it was a, a marathon affair, even though uh, Kyrgios's affairs aren't. He plays quickly, doesn't he? Oh, so fast. Mm. And uh, then the sneaky serve now, um, in between the legs underarm. You just misspoke, but uh, you mentioned test, and there is a test on today. Yeah. Two thirty, yeah. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Australia in uh, in Gaul v Sri Lanka. Plenty of talk about the spinners. Well, that part of it has been resolved because Holland hasn't come up. His fingers no good. So we've made a decision on uh, on the spinners, and it will be Swepson to partner line. Yep. And uh, the skipper spoke about that. Yeah. Um, didn't yeah consider Johnny for this one. Um, yeah, came in a little bit late, and yeah, finger wasn't quite right. So um, he's still not part of the squad. 
going to kind of wait to see how Ashton Agar still goes over the next few days ahead of the second test. Um, yeah, so we're, we're really happy with Swepo. Um, yeah, I think he's bowling beautifully and ready for this one. Yeah, it's a pity they destabilised him, I reckon. They, so much talk they've, uh, they've made mm. and allowed around the selection of Holland, for example, mm. and, and uh, over the top of Swepson. But uh, he's got the job to do now. Yeah, well, there was a bit of gobbledygook there, wasn't there? I mean, well, Holland's not fit and Agar's not fit. Well, we're really happy but, with But Swepo. we're really happy with Swepo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After they looked like they were ready to throw him under the bus. Yeah, so it's uh, a little bit of a pity that they've handled it like that. Holland hasn't bowled since the Shield final yeah. in April. We got taken to Sri Lanka for Australia A and cut his finger and still they were trying to pick him. Mm. Come on. So Australia got a great side. They've got seven batsmen, they've got uh, five spinners and three quicks. So they've, they've got everything covered. Yeah. Now they've just got to do the job. What about, um, the, you know, the Sri Lankans are a good side too, Karuna Ratna, Nasanka, Mendes, Chandamal, and then Angelo Matthews. So when Russell Arnold used to come out and bat mm. for Sri Lanka, uh, we'd say, mate, that's not your real name, surely. You know, Russell Arnold, in amongst Talakaratni and Meryl uh Yeah, so they've got Angelo Matthews. He's in good touch too. Well, that's this afternoon and uh, Swepson playing. The, the decision that they've got to make is whether Travis Head comes up on match morning uh, with this uh, hamstring. And uh, if he doesn't come up, Maxwell goes in. So that's really the only decision that they've got to make. Okay, Stump Hills. Right. Stump Heels on SENQ. It is breakfast with Patton Heels, and this is Stump Heels. Uh, at which Grand Slam event has Novak Djokovic won the most singles matches? So we've got, it's almost like a follow-on from yesterday when he reached 80. So uh, you know that you've got to go more than 80 somewhere because he is now the only player to have won 80 singles matches at all four of the majors. Mm-hmm. So at which Grand Slam event... Has Novak won the most singles matches? In of his, mm. not of the in the history of the game. No, his his Just, his most successful. Venue. So, yeah, uh, by winning yesterday in his first round at Wimbledon, he he reached eighty at Wimbledon, and he's now obviously has eighty in all four or eighty plus in all four. So this is a really good question and a follow on from yesterday. Well, it sounds like it's a trick question. Because the obvious answer is Australia, because he's won mm-hmm. ten or eleven times. Yeah, in Australia. sure. This is for you to figure out. I, don't, mm. I can't give any any hints at all. I've got all the answers here in front of me. All the answers. How many answers mm. are there? Well, I've got I've got a result for all four majors. Oh, I've got finally, you've got. Oh, yeah, I'll get an answer. When so I, I'll sound like I know what I'm talking about. How many has he had in France? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. All right. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's good. I've just got the Sri Lankan team up again. There's more names too that are yeah. quite big. Lasith Embaldinia, Praveen Jayawikrama, and Jeffrey Van der Sey. <laughs> just chuck in a, you know, a Caucasian one every now and then, Jeffrey. So from Wimbledon, uh, as I mentioned, apart from the whole Curious affair where he's had his typical uh, loud victory, uh, Dimonor uh, did it in three sets. Um, Popper and unbeaten, unfortunately beaten in five, and uh, I know that Brett Phillips had high hopes for him to go a little bit further than the first round, oh, but that hasn't was happened. He up against, oh, that's Popper. Okay, mm. was he? He wasn't a Hugo, was he? Uh, that's a good question. 
Mark was keeping an eye on the Hugos. Hugos was one of the one of the Hugos won and one of the Hugos lost. Oh, the multi didn't come up. Yeah, Um, the Kubler's win was a good one. This is the Queenslander, Jason Kubler beat Dan Evans, the Brit, who's the twenty eighth seed. So that that and and he he won in three. In fact, he's only dropped eight games. So six one six four six three. That's a comprehensive win to Jason Kubler, and I know Brett Phillips, who's a big fan, and we're fans as well. Uh, So great news for him. So, Heels, there we go. Stump Heels uh, is a Wimbledon theme or is a, is a tennis theme, obviously. Uh, at which Grand Slam event has Novak Djokovic won the most single titles matches? Um, Cousy Bro, no giving any clues this morning, please. We're keeping an eye on the Becca Watt Lawyers text line for you uh, because Heels has got his little TV screen open here. The Becca Watt Lawyers text line, they are your building and construction law experts. 0467. 736-736, or Brighton Homes. You know, they now include ducted air, flooring, steel frames and solar, all as standard on Brighton Homes. And the open line is open. We'd love to hear from you. 13, 13, 55, Hills. It's getting very close to the 6.30 news. Uh, now, there's no playing with the phone. Well, I see there's the... no checking. He's... No, I see the Ukrainian girl won. Mm-hmm. She got through the first round. Um, she beat uh, Katie Swan from Great Britain. Four six lost the first, and then six four six four. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Uh, Marta Kostyuk. Um, so that was good for her okay. and her country. All right, we've just ticked over six thirty. It's time for the news. We'll come back with the answer to Stump Heels. Maybe. Heels, you've been yes, playing with buddy. that phone, and it alarms me. Well, I wanted to see how long this career of Djokovic has been already. Well, he's 35. Yes, but he um, dis- first disrupted some streak of uh, Roger Federer in 2008 at 20 years of age. Won his first Australian Open in 2008. So he, so he's probably um, played for 17 years. Mm-hmm. 20, yeah. So 17 years times seven times four. I reckon, yeah. The question was, at which Grand Slam event has Novak Djokovic won the most singles matches? Oh, well, I'm saying the Australian Open. Yeah, that'd be logical. Yes, given that he's won, And the answer is quite surprising. Yes, I this thought it w- might be. It was a trick question. This is the one that it's Mark Brown It's not a trick question. How is it a trick question? Well, it's not, I know, but it, well, it's, a, it's a little bit tricky given. Sometimes the obvious answer yeah. and you steer away from it. So I went the obvious one. Um, I'm just but I haven't, I two, haven't really four, six, said eight, an answer yet. Nine Australian Opens, as opposed to three US Opens. He's chasing his seventh Wimbledon, and he's only won two French Opens. And Australia's not the answer. Yeah, Australia is not the answer. Wow. So at Wimbledon, 80, which is obvious because he reached that yesterday. Well, at and the US, why, seven, seven times seven. He must go deep all hmm. the other times. At the US, 81. At the Australian... 82, at the French, which he's won only twice in 2016 and 2021, 85 matches he's won. Mm. Must get to the semi-final most times. Very, very good question. Or the final. The final and win six games each year, not seven. Mm. So we head to a sports update. And not play at every tournament all the time. He didn't play at the Australian Open this year. Yeah, that's exactly right. 
Yes. So he would have broke. Yeah, it would have been the Australian Open had he played this year. Sports update now with Mark Braybrook. Thanks to Shaw Unify, they are your national uniform experts for construction, for healthcare, for government, for hospitality, corporate, retail, transport, and logistics. Morning, Pat. Morning, Heels. Uh, plenty of rugby league news around this morning. Uh, already alluded to with Muzz there with the text earlier about to Matt Lodge. The Roosters are looking at him for the remainder of the season and around $100,000 with, what, potentially eight or nine, ten matches to go. Yeah, you know, well, so. didn't the NRL value him at twenty grand a match? Did they? Yeah, I think that's what they put in. They said, you know, if someone wants to pick him up for their, uh, their salary cap. Uh, he we, said he doesn't want to play him. park footy, so... Yeah. Um, Good luck to the Roosters. And the Roosters have got him cheap then. Adam Reynolds and Payne Haas have been named for the Broncos. So to Kurt yeah. Capel, David Fafita back for the Titans. Tino has been named there as well. Luciano Leilua has been named on the bench for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they'll be able to have a big enough jersey for him because they'll have to get all the stitching on for his debut game for the North Queensland Cowboys, plus his 100th NRL game. Yeah. So they're going to fit all that on his jersey on Saturday night. He's playing his 100th NRL game and he's making his debut for the Cowboys. You know how they have that no. embroidered on their jerseys? No, they put it on their breast, do they? Yeah, yeah. So they've got to try and fit that both of those on. Peyton said yesterday, all I want him to do is trample over the top of people and tackle plenty. And there you go, simple game plan. Mm. Damien Cook is after a new deal at South. He wants three years. Uh, Cameron Munster has been named for Melbourne. Felice Kafusi won't play. He's in the United States. His father has been hospitalised over there. Yeah. So he is headed over to the United States. Ryan Pappenhausen has been listed amongst the reserves. All Penrith Origin players have been named. Uh, Latrell has been named at fullback for South Sydney. And the Warriors have returned home uh, to an emotional homecoming. Mm. And the players, and Sean Johnson in particular, very emotional about seeing family, etc., now, this, there's plenty of stats around how long they've been away and all that sort of stuff, but this sort of jumped out as me at, at, at me. There's only two players in the 17 that have been, left from the last home game they played in New Zealand. Right, eh? Really? Yeah. That Ke- is a good sign. But it's, it's over a 1,000 days, isn't it? And Kevin Campion brought up a really good point the other day. Sean Johnson's been copping it in the neck for the way the team has been going because you know, he's their playmaker. He's their money man. He said he hadn't seen his family apart from, remember they, his wife and child were brought over and he was quite surprised in one of the press conferences, which we had on air, that how did you guys know that they're over here? But they, they came over for just a, a brief visit. So effectively, he hasn't seen his baby for eight months. And Campion, Kevin Campion rightly said, surely that's got to have some sort of effect on you mentally. So they're hoping that this whole reunion, for not, no, not just Sean Johnson, mm. but for all of them, has a, has a big positive effect. And, I mean, Webby is tipping them this week, which means that I'm tipping them because I do Webby's tips for him on the, right. <laughs> on the news tonight. There he go. doesn't go very well, does he? Gilly's always up him. Yeah, well, he, he hasn't won for years, Webby. So. <laughs> That's you, you mean? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Sean Johnson did make the point that uh, one thing he's looking forward to is playing the game, but then after the game, going to see his family. Yeah, you know, like going home to his family after a game. Mm. Uh, yeah, Jazz Tavunga and Chanel Harris Tavita, the only two remaining from the last time they played at home. Now, boys, just before I go, I'll do some more sport later. But um, we are launching. We're going to have this competition. Scene. We're launching six nine three SENQ on Friday. We got mm. Kevy. We got Wayne Bennett. We got Zork. Oh, is and... Kevy coming on? Yes. Oh, beauty. Yes. So Kevy is on on uh, on Friday. Um, we're giving two listeners the chance. Mm. To join us, 693 SENQ, in our commentary stroke corporate box at Suncorp Stadium for game three. Oh, how good. To be with me and Sats and our other 
guests there in the box while Sats and I call Origin 3 on Maroon's radio to be a part of that atmosphere and see what it's like. So what we want... Yeah, what have they got to do? They've got to send us... Um, we'll talk more about it as we, we head down the track. Mm-hmm. But they're going to send us their best effort at commentary. How long? About 15 seconds, that's all. Okay. I did one yesterday. Did you? It's very hard to keep to 15 seconds and Is be it? any good. Okay. Right. So I think Maybe. they might have to just blow out a little bit. Okay. So I, I, I scored a try in the corner. You did? Or <laughs> in the corner. In the corner. <laughs> Pat Welsh. No, no. I, p- I put the names in, Queensland okay. names. but And I thought, oh, that's probably 15 seconds. It was about 30. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, do they do a miracle? Do they do a rap They can do whatever they want. They don't want to be too good because I'm trying to interrupt you in, and I don't in the box. Well, <laughs> Pick the bad one. That's, um, so shut yeah, up and sit over know, there. I don't know who's judging it, so good luck to whoever's <laughs> judging it. But, yeah, so give it some thought. I'll give you some more information as we go on. It's our Rookie recruit, we're looking for two people who will get to two. spend. Yeah, you can't have what? someone come on their own. Um, so one, and I'm assuming it's someone and their mate, or maybe it's just two separate individuals. I suppose. So it's one winner, and they can bring their no, mate no, or I don't know, no, 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 it's two, no, no. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Patty, don't go off early. I've been saying that it could well be two winners. Um, so yeah, that will be July 13, obviously. Oh. Origin number three. So get the thinking caps on and you can Instagram us and tag us on Twitter to get it or Facebook, um, SEN Queensland, and get it to us somehow and we'll judge. And there you go. Spend Origin 3 in the SENQ, S693SENQ corporate box slash commentary box for Origin 3. All right, it's 6.39. Can we play Sean Johnson since we have been talking about it? Mm, Because he sounds ready to play. Yeah. All right, we'll do it it after the break because, uh, yeah, it's great to – you know, get a little bit of perspective about this, about what these Warriors have been through. But uh, Brighton Homes open line, 13 13 55, or you can text us on that Becker Watt Lawyers a text line, uh, 0467 736 736. We'll, we'll listen to Sean Johnson, uh, the other side of this. Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Matilda's playing Portugal, so Matilda's 12th in the world, the Portugal 30th, but uh, the Portuguese are on the way up. Uh, it's a friendly in Estoril this morning, 40-odd minutes in, it's still nil all. Mm, we'll Portugal. Portugal getting ready for the European Championships, and Australia, none of the English Australian players are, are playing there, so so good practice. 7-0 down in the first, and they've <laughs> held it to nil all first half. Yeah, well, that was a club game. That one, the other one. So oh, was it really? Wasn't it again? Wasn't it against one Portugal? Of their, one of their top sides. Oh, let's not bring that up. Uh, we promised to have a, uh, a listen to Sean Johnson. So, it, as Mark mentioned in his sports update for Sean Unify, there was quite an emotional welcome home for the Warriors. A thousand plus days they've been on the road, and they've basically been here, haven't they? They've been up uh, uh, for the large part of it uh, up in the, the Redcliffe Peninsula. So, Sean Johnson has been separated from his family for a long time. Every sort of tough day you've had um, sort of brings you back to this moment right now, you know, where we are home um, with my family um, and just get to, I guess, be embraced by the people I I play for. When we run out here this week and it's going to be one-sided and um, that's a feeling that we just seriously can't wait for. Football's been all-consuming for three years. For those three years, uh, team meetings, uh, little um, 
conversations around the hotel and around the places they're living. I remember November, August, September, October, November in 2019. Mm-hmm. They were at uh, Casuarina. Yeah, that's right. So, oh, so uh, yeah, the, the, now they get a chance to get away from it every day and uh, get back to their comfortable surrounds. And it seems to me they are that type of person as well. They're quite a sensitive race. Mm. And he, he didn't over-enthuse, did he? He just couldn't really explain himself, but he sounded happy. And I'm pleased to hear that they, they think they can play well on the weekend. Yeah, well, they've got the, they've got the Tigers, which is a winnable match at Mount Smart. Uh, you can imagine that uh, for the second time in a week that Mount Smart is going to be heaving yeah. uh, as it was for that New Zealand Tonga game the other day. Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock our time. Uh, Johnson uh, at 7. Brooks at 6 for the West Tigers. They said they were going to drop him this week. So that's uh, there's a fair deal of upheaval there with that Tigers outfit. So certainly it's a winnable game for the Warriors. And, you know, I, I just think the outpouring has been fantastic, not only from us and the media and the, the fans, etc. There's a genuine love that, uh, you know, for a lot of people, I suppose, the Warriors has almost, have almost become their second team mm. uh, with some justification. You know, when they've been on the road for so long, basically they've helped keep the comp alive through the, uh, you know, the awful scourge that has been COVID. So good luck to the Warriors. I think uh, they're going to have, uh, have a lot of people on their side this week at 6.48. We've got to take a break because we're going to talk some racing after that with Chris Nelson. Uh, that Brighton Homes open line, love to hear from you, 13 13 55 of the Beckerwatt Lawyers text line. They are your building and construction law experts. 0467 736 736. Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Hills, we're pretty excited. 693 SENQ launches Friday morning from 6 o'clock. What a show we've got planned. Uh, we've got the super coach Wayne Bennett and Kevy Walters, Broncos coach. Uh, Dane Zorko, who's our regular Tuesday panellist. He... He has a chat to us Tuesday about all things lines and then uh, uh, branches off into US sport. He's a marvel with that. He just knows everything that's going on. He must just sit. He either trains or he watches US sport, I think, the Lions skipper. <laughs> Probably in his hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> watch that. But, of course, today is uh, is Goat Wednesday because uh, we've got Luke Hodge in. I don't think he's coming to the studio today. It's school holidays. I think he's entertaining the children somewhere right up on the north coast. And uh, Cameron Smith uh, on uh, the aftermath of Origin and how we're going to turn it around and win. Hey, uh, is there a big, big upset looming at Wimbledon? She was down a break. Harmony Tan, the 24-year-old French woman, uh, in the third and deciding set against Serena. But she's broken back and leads 4-3 in the deciding set. So Harmony Tan making her debut at Wimbledon. Uh, Yeah, I think. uh, And Serena's a wild card. So she's got a good first round draw, hasn't she, Serena? As a wild card, you'd probably get a, a, a more informed and more experienced first round opponent. But yeah. anyway, Harmony's moving her around a bit now. She's she's sucking in the big ones, and she's about to serve three, four down. For those of you who uh, have been watching and maybe in the car, Serena's got this tape on her face, and uh, mm. we just uh, had a bit of a read about it because she suffers uh, sinus problems, and that's why she puts the tape on her face. Uh, there we go. That's uh, solved that little problem that I was uh, thinking about. Uh, just mentioning, and we, we we may have to wait for Brett Phillips because he's committed to the host broadcaster, yeah. uh, and he's still on air comment- and commentating, and he'll be there until this Serena Williams Harmony Tan match is finished. But wrapping up so far, as I said, the nutshell stuff. 
Kyrgios, Dimonor, Jordan Thompson, Isla Tomlianovic and Jason Kubler all through. We lost Alexi Popran in five, Jamie Foulis, Darius Seville, which was not one that we wanted to lose this early in the tournament because she's been in pretty good form. Zoe Hives, Astra Sharma, all gone. But, uh, you know, in a nutshell, Heels, a pretty good day for the Aussies. Kyrgios had to go to five uh, and it was a lengthy affair. Spoke to the uh, the media, still eating his dinner. Uh, and the other big news, uh, aside from the, the the dramas that are besetting Serena right at the moment, uh, the other big news is that Matteo Berrettini, last year's runner-up and world number 11, has joined Marin Cilic as COVID casualties. So they are both out of yeah. the tournament already. Uh, Berrettini on Demonor's side of the draw. Brett will confirm that for us. And then, of course, the number six seed, the Canadian Felix uh, Ogier Aliasim, is also out this morning. Yeah, to Cressy. Yeah, he was beaten. Who they reckon uh, could go a fair way too. Mm. Thompson and uh, and Kubler both impressive this morning. Good winners. So uh, Kubler, as I've mentioned a couple of times now, beating uh, the 28th seed, the the Brit Dan Evans, who traditionally plays pretty well here. So that's a that's a, a big win for him. Yeah, the white t-shirts the guy in uh, Wimbledon this year. The men are all wearing white t-shirts, aren't they? Yeah. Novak wore a polo shirt. Mm-hmm. But the white T-shirt. And uh, I thought Zachary's outfit was a bit daring for Wimbledon. And she was playing Zoe Hives. So uh, that's how I got to see it. Uh, so we'll talk to Brett about the outfits oh. and the responses to them. When Brett gets to us, uh, Serena's holding game point here against Harmony Tan. And uh, it's 4 3 Tan in the deciding set. So, look, this is on a knife edge 40, at the 30. moment. 40 30, though. Yeah, 40 30 in this game, yeah. So if she wins this point, it's, um, it'll be four all. <laughs> she but we don't know a, a lot about athlete, Harmony Tan. She's for 40 years. You reckon she's 40, Serena? Not 41? She's been 40 for a while, hasn't she? <laughs> so she looks a <laughs> really strong athlete. Gee, she's in, looks in good shape, but she's being made to work, real work. I reckon one of the hardest things she's got to do is carry a wedding ring around. Mm. Have a look how big it is. It's massive. <laughs> Hey, don't forget the test is on SENQ this afternoon. Yep. We've uh, got a team over there. Well, so what is the kickoff around about 2.30? Yeah. I read they're probably a little lead-in to yeah. 2.30. And uh, at Gaul, nice place on the water. You've a big jail uh, up up above the stadium at one end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the sea behind that. So can the prisoners look out and watch the yeah. test? Well, some people are line, line the walls of the jail. Mm. Well, no, no, it's not a jail. It's a fort. That's oh, okay. right. That's a good call. So I don't know who those people are. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't have fond memories of Gaul. A lot of people like Gaul, but we got cleaned up there. So <laughs> spinner's delight. How do, how do you oh, think Swepson will go? Well, he should go very well. And I want him to spin the ball. So you've got to, got to spin the ball, not, not you know, and try lots of things to get that ball spinning. Too often spinners don't spin it until right at the very end when conditions really are ripped up. Yeah. So I want him to spin it early and clean up the tail. Um, but, you know, as we know, the Sri Lankans play spin quite well and they'll try to hit him with the spin. So then he's got to drift it away and make it much, much harder to play a, with the spin. You know, at times they even got Warney. Um, left-handers hitting over the leg side and Warney had to find a way to hit them, get them hitting through the offside. So that would be against the spin. It couldn't get much tighter at Wimbledon for Serena. It's a set-all with Harmony Tan, the young Frenchwoman, and it's four-all on serve with Harmony Harmony serving right now to go to 5-4.
uh, in the deciding set. As you can hear from the music, we're getting very close to that 7 o'clock news. We've got lots more to come. After this, please stay with us. It's Breakfast with Patton Heels right here on SENQ. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies mate. Call 13IMAR. Patton Heels, Queensland made. 704 Breakfast uh, with Patton Heels on SENQ. And of course, it's Goat Wednesday. Cameron Smith joining us uh, after the Origin Camp uh, from 8 o'clock. Luke Hodges on with uh, 730. Uh, because it is, as I said, Goat Wednesday to uh, discuss all things AFL and rugby league. Speaking of league, uh, Hills, actually, just very quickly from Wimbledon, Serena's got the break and uh, the, the relief was palpable. Arms raised oh. as she ran to the chair for the break over Harmony Tan. It's 5-4 now, Serena, and Serena's serving for the match. The crowd must be going off. Yeah. It's, uh, it's ticking over to about 2 hours 40, and the reason we're not speaking with Brett Phillips, uh, as we normally do at this time, <laughs> and re all things Wimbledon, is that he is involved, obviously, with the host broadcaster and is still on air until the Williams match finishes. As I said, it's ticking over towards 2 hours 40 now. 5-4 Serena, and she's got the break in the deciding set. Tan remonstrating with herself here at the moment. But uh, Serena has the upper hand right at the moment and was very, very relieved to get that break. Lee, lots happening here because of rep round. Now, uh, number one, Felice Cafusi is is gone. uh, Not a great story because he's had to fly very quickly to LA to be with his dad, who was returning from a trip to the US and has been hospitalised. So uh, Felice is is gone very quickly with, I would imagine, other members of the family to be with uh, his father. Cameron Munster's been named. Now, this is great news for Queenslanders because we, you know, we've, there was a good rumour going around that, hey, he could even require surgery on the shoulders. I mean, these were the, the naysayers and, you know, the doomsayers, but he has been named. Whether he actually plays against Manly tomorrow night, I don't know, but we reckon at least game three for Origin, uh, he should be right. So it hasn't been mm. as bad Pappenhausen as well. back. Yep, he's for on them the reserves. Too. He's had a long run again, long run of outs with hamstring and COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans has been named for Manly and the Seagulls against the Storm. Yeah, they get Travojevic, they get Kuller, they get Tui Pilotu, they get Schuster, Tapao have all been named from their rep commitments. Uh, Alloway uh, is out after suffering concussion for Samoa. So that, that's the big news for that first game. Uh, the other big news, as we mentioned, for the Gold Coast Titans, a huge in, uh, is David Fafita. Boy, they need, need to turn around things very, They'll be all eyes on him, won't they? Yeah. See what four weeks on the sidelines has done in his mind to sort of crystallise what he's got to do when he gets out there. Yeah. He's got to run. Yep, exactly right. And, look, he'll be – there's an audition there for Origin yeah. 3, obviously, even though, you know, we haven't seen him for a while. Big Tino and Mo Fatawaka. Uh, they're both back from rep duties. They should be right. Big news out of the Bronx yesterday, as we mentioned on the show uh, a little earlier. Payne Haas, uh, remarkably, after being in a moon boot and admitting pre-origin that he was getting needles in the uh, in the AC joints of both shoulders, that uh, that he's got slight syndesmosis, uh, but he's okay. He wants to play. So, boy, he's tough, as I've said. And <laughs> speaking of tough, Reynolds, the skipper is desperate to play. 
Uh, we we saw, as you mentioned, uh, there was vision. It must have been on uh, on nine years the other night of him being strapped and how heavily he's strapped around the ribs. Just the train, Real and he tight. Admit, yeah, admitted he, he copped a whack on it. They trained this morning actually. This is their their main session for the week uh, before captains run on Friday, and then you know they travel up to Townsville on Friday afternoon. But he wants to play, so you got to think that he's going to be needled as well because he's got. He's admitted there's a there's a slight fracture, a dislocated <laughs> fracture. Does that that sounds nasty? It does in one of his ribs? Must be able to get worse, and and even if it wasn't fractured, it was going to take eight weeks to mm. for the pain to uh, subside. So get on with it is his attitude. Could so be very a- good commitment to the NRL. All those players, the Penrith Seven are in, and Could- so yep. Good news for the NRL games, which are beauties. Eels and Rabbitohs. Luttrell coming back. Mm. So, you know, there's going to be eyes on him as well as David Fafita. I think she's broken back. I think she has broken back. There's cheering from her standards. A little girl in uh, in Harmony Tan's box. She looks to be about a 10-year-old and she's yelling and screaming. Yeah, she's just got one past uh, Serena who was advancing to the net. She's just as fired up as Serena. And uh, from what I can gather, it's now five all. Hey, uh, second half just started in the friendly between the Matildas and Portugal, and it's nil all in that one. So that's in Estoril. Uh, yep, it's five all. So we're back on serve, and it's really getting to be nail biting stuff. And they're ticking over to two and three quarter <laughs> hours. They've been in court. See the and, tan boxes. Yeah, and, and Brett Phillips over is the there with them every minute of the way. Theatre everywhere. Just repeating that news for Australia. Kyrgios through in a really, really tough five-setter with his usual case of controversy and drama, including spitting on the ground towards a spectator who'd abused him at the end. Uh, Dimonor, Jordan Thompson, Isla Tolmianovic and Jason Kubler all through. Big win for Kubler over the uh, 28th seed, Dan Evans, the Brit. But unfortunately, we've lost uh, Popran Foolis, Saville, Hives and Sharma. So a mixed night for the Aussies, but our big guns. Uh, live to fight another day. Uh, for Kyrgios, 29 aces, 62 winners, and 53 unforced errors. And uh, he spoke after the match, uh, Kyrgios, uh, look, about just the importance of that, that five-set win and just starting his role at Wimbledon. Just a typical first round here for me. I've played so many five-setters first round and it's just an absolute roller coaster. <clears throat> so just super pumped to be able to just move through really like easily could have gone the other way today you know a couple lucky shots here or there but he put himself in a position to win yeah it was a good game it was a good game to watch and there there was a, a entertainment skill uh, and inconsistency which is which is handy for the opponent watched a bit of wheelchair rugby on the weekend patty oh, yeah. uh, down from carrara uh, it was on fox uh, so i saw the South Australian Sharks play the ACT Buccaneers. Yeah, well, New I'm South not sure Wales. who won. Well, New, New South, South Wales, Wales beat Queensland. They've beaten us in everything in the last few days. Oh. I don't want to talk. Oh. So we lost both under 19 matches. We lost the women's origin, you which don't was have to just go into it. We're just talking wheelchair rugby. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they won the wheelchair rugby as well, just to completely rub it in. Oh, right. Yeah, I think the Sharks and Buccaneers were the Division Two finalists. Um, so that was good. What about Caleb Dressel? What do you know? What do you know about Caleb pulled out of a couple of the big events over in the yeah. world. Yeah, I don't know. Qualified second fastest in the 100 mm. and uh, to Popovici and uh, hasn't made uh, the the next race So for his for his health. So mm. hopefully he's okay. 
proper uh, beach. Over in the World Championships. There's, there's some exciting young kids coming through. And, of course, uh, we now focus on, with the Australian swim team headed to into a camp in Europe, uh, we now focus on Birmingham. I see we named uh, 53 extra in the track and field team yesterday. Our guns uh, were already confirmed, but uh, we've got another 53 now. The likes of Brandon Stark and all that, they'll all be going, obviously, to Birmingham. So they just had their names confirmed yesterday. Mm, 53. Yep, uh, it's, it's always a big team. Were we going with 53 less than that? Is that what you're saying? They've picked 53 extras. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the guns, uh, you know, by Olympic qualifications, world champions, previous world champions, et cetera, they've yeah. already qualified. They'd already named them. Ash yes. Maloney, for example, Kelsey Lee Barber. Yes. Um, they are out, you know, Eleanor Patterson, our high jumper. They were already confirmed on the team. So they, the, 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 the full team was basically confirmed yesterday. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pat Cummins uh, also spoke today. We got the first test in Gaul. Uh, Hills has told us with the the fort, the under over the fort, and it's a spectacular venue. Pat Cummins, this is him on uh, expectations for this uh, first test match. What we've been talking about quite a bit compared to Pakistan is I think the tempo here is going to be different at times to over there. There was a bit of a slow burn. Um, here, the game might speed up a little bit, um, and in some ways, you, you might need to be a little bit proactive getting kind of uh, take a couple more risks. Um, so I, th- I think that's going to be the main differences. You know, a lot of our batting lineup, their experience, have played in similar conditions here or India um, before. So, um, yeah, it's nothing new. It's it's always a good challenge playing outside of Australia and can't wait. Yeah, some, it's juice and five all, Serena Williams and Harmony Tan. Uh, but sometimes um, big scores aren't the go in these test matches. Mm. But you do have to get in first and be proactive, like Pat said. Like the third test they played in Pakistan, they they made the most of easy batting conditions. Rather than, you know, play dour-type batting and wait for bad balls, they took it to the Pakistani attack and put them under some pressure. So hopefully in the early days of this match, when conditions are conducive to play like that, they have to get in and get it done and then start to slog it out day four and five probably. And they've got everything covered. They've got good top order. They've got part-time spinners. They've got two specialist spinners, good all-rounder and two specialist quicks. So they should be able to do anything that's required at Gaul. Uh, I tell you, this is a hell of a match that's going on. Tan has just uh, held service and now leads 6-5. She's running Serena all around the court. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, of course, uh, speaking of cricket, you'll hear the test today on SEN. Yes. Uh, so we've got that on. Um, Muzz has been fired up this morning. Heels, obviously the new Teddy Tingling of Wimbledon. I mean, we've got to go back a while there. He was the expert on fashions at Wimbledon. Any of the men wearing shorts with a coin fob pocket or a half hanky tucked into the waist? Heels. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we've got another call here saying uh, Serena's been far from a gracious champion. Amazes me how many people support her and rate her. I wonder what she's doing. We're only seeing it with the sound down, but there's a lot of drama going on and she might be doing something at the wrong time for that caller to be not happy with her. Yeah, right at the moment, Harmony Tan hasn't crumbled because she was down a break in this deciding set and she's fought back and now leads 6-5. She's got her own supporters. I'm reading, I'm, you know, I'm desperately trying to chase some info on her. Don't know a lot about her. This is her first Wimbledon, failed at qualifying last year. Uh, but uh, her coach uh, has huge raps on her and said, hey, she can be big and she can cause an upset. Well, she's on the brink of an upset right at the moment, a massive upset with uh, Serena. Well, down is it an five, upset? Six. Well, yeah, you're right. We haven't seen Serena for a while. But against someone of the ilk of Harmony Tan, who we don't really know a lot about, uh, is 
Yeah, that's shaping as what you would call as a big, big upset. <laughs> Every game's hard for Serena yeah. when you're playing against 24-year-olds who are, you know, heading upwards. That Her box, Harmony Tan's box looks, I'd say it's mum, young sister and coach. They're on fire too. Mm-hmm. Mark's sending me through some details. Hungary has beaten Australia 7-6 in the quarters at the uh, Water Polo Worlds. World titles and into the second half. Uh, we're about 50-odd minutes in now. Matildas and Portugal still nil all. It's 7.15 here on Breakfast with Patton Heels on SENQ. Brighton Homes open line. It's open. 13 13 55. Or the Becker Watt Lawyers text line is 0467 736 736. Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Welcome back. Breakfast with Patton Hills. Serena's just saved a match point at Wimbledon against the 24-year-old Frenchwoman Harmony Tan. It's Deuce with Ooh. Tan leading 6-5. And now add Serena. So to get it back... At six all. Oh, they're going off the crowd as well. Uh, Purse, not sure. One of the nines, uh, to answer your question, uh, where it's at at the moment. And a little bit of info from uh, the NRL coming through uh, just this morning. Uh, They've just announced that the Ampol State of Origin 3 in Brisbane has officially sold out. Uh, It'll now be, uh, it now confirms that the series will have been played to three sold out venues across the country, meaning that more than 200,000 fans. Uh, by the time we get to this decider, we'll have watched State of Origin live during this season where series, which is is phenomenal, isn't it? I mean, they said that, that there weren't too many tickets left, uh, but as soon as it uh, was confirmed we were going to a decider, Snap. those tickets were snapped up. So July 13, the decider here at Suncorp is now officially sold out. Not the only bit of uh, work coming out of the NRL this morning. Uh, Andrew Abdo, not happy. I don't know whether you saw it. Uh, it I was... didn't see it, and I couldn't bring myself to look at it. No, nah, me neither. Victor Radley uh, sitting beside uh, young Sawali in the in the Blues rooms afterwards just gave this lewd gesture. It was churlish stuff. And uh, Andrew Abdo, not happy. Mm. So he's going to have a chat to Victor Radley, who's got form on and off the... The football field. Yeah. So it'll be a wrap over the knuckle. It just wasn't a good look. It was just silly, you know, churlish, as a, churlish stuff, as I said. Mm. But you um, seem to know what it was. Yeah, it was just a, I, a lewd, I, lewd gesture. That's no. all. That, so I, 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 was, I had the arrow to click on to yep. play, but nah, couldn't yeah. do it. Uh, an hour into the, uh, the friendly between uh, the Matildas and Portugal in Estoril. And it's still nil all there. And we're going to a tie-break to decide this match that has uh, ticked over. Uh, I think it's it's got to be close to three hours now. Serena and uh, Harmony Tan at Wimbledon. Hills, should I put you to work? Ready to go, mate. Now on Breakfast with Pat and Hills, Hills gets his gloves off. Quite relevant as we watch the TV there, Patty, too. I'm looking at... Sports monster parents at the moment, and and you see probably Harmony Tan's uh, support crew, and um, it looks like a mother uh, up there with coach and younger sister, um, and certainly uh, the Williams, uh, Serena and Mum are in their box, very very controlled, very hairy. They're carrying very big hairdos. Venus, uh, yeah, yeah. So so they they're in good control, but these sporting parents are not. Uh, as easy to deal with 
as they once were. The overwhelming majority of our sporting superstars' parents are people who leave their kids' skill and game awareness development up to others and simply maintain a constant presence on and around the scene. The sports parents become incredibly hard to deal with. They're unaccepting of decisions taken by coaches. They're physically threatening anyone who's in the way of the progress or opportunity for their kids. Um, This could be a teammate, an opponent, fellow parents, or the coaching volunteers. Uh, The removal of their child and replacement into other clubs is very common these days. And this nasty cycle begins again. Now, why is it happening? Uh, And as prevalent as it is, I think our societal standards have slipped towards authority for a start. You know, five years ago, I did a thing for Queensland Education, and I think it was 148 school teachers in Queensland were assaulted in school grounds by parents. Mm. You know, so what chance has a sports coach got, you know, when it's on weekends and they're quite isolated? The dollars that are now publicised in sports, in professional sports in Australia, can unrealistically drive behaviours and expectations of those who don't know so much. You know, get out there and get those dollars is the attitude, you know, and no one get in the way. They've got a little idea of how to trust that the young player is working things out for themselves. You know, that the young sporting person works out, am I any good at this? compared to these other kids? Do I enjoy it anywhere near as much as these other kids? And who who actually are my friends here? You know, so they're working all that out for themselves. So let them go. Different sports seem to uh, spurn different levels of poor behaviour. Tennis seems to have had its issues over years. Rugby league flares quite often, doesn't it? Uh, soccer, football is, is not uh, always problem-free. And then there's the high-intensity young age sports, such as gymnastics and swimming, which require ultimate trust in your experts to convert your young people into maybe a remarkable achiever worldwide, maybe. What a feeling for a parent to have a a worldwide hero that's developed from a small kid when you trusted the expert at the the poolside, you know. Mm. So I just think an improved focus and education and communication by sports with the families is constantly needed. I think a fair bit's done on this, but, but it needs to be constantly done. And fun has to be the priority. The skill takes care of itself of these high achievers. They come through anyway. So give us a ring. Uh, if you can. What's our phone number, Paddy? Our phone number, Hills, is the Brighton Homes Open Line. It's 13 13 55. And, and I want to know, have you had or an issue or seen an issue as a parent, an official or an opponent? And uh, how bad was that story or good when a parent uh, pulled some people out of trouble? So let's have a chat. Thought he might have been on the phone today, but he's not. He's here, Luke Hodge. I thought he might have been up on the coast with the uh, the family. Oh, good commitment again. So, I mean, well, it'll be interesting to talk to Luke about it because he's a, a young dad with yeah. kids that are heavily involved in sport up here now. He moved from Melbourne, and they they're all loving their sport up here. But I've yeah, seen a coach get... go off in AFL. He would have too. They, you know, they have the little corrugated iron dugouts. Mm. He was smashing into the back wall of it. <laughs> like, oh, mate, mm. settle down. Yeah. 
So, you know, there, there's some issues that, that it's it's not as easy to deal with uh, a lot a lot of people these days than it was in one, one uh, generation. We'd love to hear from you on uh, Heels' topic today. 13, 13, 55, is that Brighton Homes open line? Well, the Beckerwatt Lawyers, they are your building and construction law experts. Text line is 0467 736 736. Tiebreaker at Wimbledon. Serena leading 4-3 as... Heather Tan unleashes a forehand winner down the line. It's still very, very tight. Oh, the crowd is so involved in this. Serena's going to melt. <laughs> They're both exhausted. Yeah. It, it has officially ticked over past three hours. Uh, as I said, a settle. Someone in the crowd's got everything crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether she's a Heather Tan fan or a Serena Williams fan. I saw what she did there. A Heather Tan fan. <laughs> So Tanned serving, uh, as I said, 4-3 to Serena in the tiebreaker, which will decide whether she goes through to the second round of Wimbledon. You've got to fight all the way. You've got to win seven matches to win one of these big ones. She's won 23 of them as Serena, chasing a 24, a milestone. But it's been a, it's been a wonderful match to watch. They've exchanged uh, a lot of short stuff, trying to run each other around. That would be the obvious thing for Tan because we haven't seen Oh, and Serena's just hit one wide. It's four all, so it doesn't get any tighter heels. It, no, it can't. Can't get any tighter. I'd love to hear from you today about Hills' uh, chat and thoughts about parents and uh, officials in sport and how uh, particularly relating to our young stars. As I said, I get to see a little bit first, uh, first close up with uh, Steve Titmus. You know, he, he yeah. works for us. He's down on the coast reading the news now, but he spent a lot of time in our newsroom uh, before he got the news reading job for us on the on the coast, and I mean, this is a guy that has and family. They've moved. They've completely uprooted their lives from Tassie yep. for Ariane. And have a look now. Ariane is one of those global names that you were, you were mentioning. And I mean, he's just so proud. But you know, they would have been through a lot. As you know, is she going to be as good as we hoped that she can be? And you know, the coaches and the, the, you know coming up to Dean Boxall and selecting the coach that they thought was the best one for her to guide her to the very next level mm. and take her to the absolute top. So, yeah, look, there's, there's so much to talk about. As I said, Luke Hodge has arrived in the uh, the, the studio. Grant's already been on the text yes, line. Yes, parents living uh, through their kid and taking sport way too seriously is a scourge in today's society. So it is prevalent. The junior AFL have a white card system to expel parents now. Uh, how does it get to this? You know, so well said, Heels. Yeah, yeah, Thanks, Grant's yeah, giving you a wrap. Yeah, they are living vicariously through their kids, a lot of these parents. But that white card system, I, I didn't know about. I'm certain Hodgie knows about it, and he's giving me a nod. Um, we got to get to uh, we got to get to the uh, the news. It's seven thirty, and it is five all in in, in the tiebreaker. Serena Williams have a ten. The tiebreaker will decide the winner and who goes through to round two at Wimbledon. We'll be back after the news. We're back, and uh, topically, Luke Hodge is joining us now in the studio today. I thought you were on holidays with the kids. Yeah, well, I had the kids for four days of school holidays, and I had enough. <laughs> I bolted. Oh, I've got to <laughs> get back to Brisbane. Oh, yeah, I, I said that heels made me come into work this morning, so I came home. I had a full eight hours sleep last night. That's that parental abs- beha- behaviour we're talking about, mate. Yes. Yep. No, no, I, uh, you know, I had to come back to Brisbane, so I thought I'll, I'll come in and say good day before I head back up the coast and look after those kids again. Hey, you were wandering into the studio as, as, as we were doing gloves off with heels, and he was talking about parents living vicariously, you know, through their kids and becoming uh, 
mini monsters on the sidelines and make it tough yeah. for officials, make it embarrassing for their kids. And we know that you've got kids and love their sport and uh, you've played sport at the absolute highest level for a long time. But what, what's your take on that? Yeah, it's it's not great um, to, to go out there. Look, I, I, I love the fact that parents are so passionate about their kids' sport. A lot of parents do live their sporting life through their kids. Um, but at times you need to, people need to take back and sit back and have a bit of a, a listen to what they say and how aggressive because there's kids sitting beside them and if they're watching their parents do it or other people watching adults yeah. do it, it's going to naturally flow. So that's what, that's the whole reason why the AFL brought in the dissent rule is to stop players from visually going against the umpire. Just yeah. So maybe that might have an effect on kids coming through and also parents because – well, I think the AFL are about 6,000 umpires short mm. across yeah. Australia. Um, and if kids are seeing parents and adults yelling at umpires just for doing the job, yeah. um, it's probably going to deter them. So um, it is a massive issue, and I think people just need to sit back and just have a bit of self-reflection when they want to go and support their team because oh, yeah. some Take of the stuff people to. say. Our is, parents used to drag us in from the yard, didn't they? Come in and do your homework. Yeah, pretty now sure. they push them out there. So yeah. keep practicing. <laughs> exactly right, <laughs> and that's where when you get home, you used to get your own feedback from family, and that now now people feel it's their right to give it to other people's kids and give it to the umpire over the fence. Yeah, when a lot of the times out there, umpires are a fourteen-year-old kids umpiring yes. against other fourteen-year-old yeah. kids, or I've seen some games this year where there's been younger umpires than than players in junior football. Mm. So I think people need to look at if it was their kid umpiring, would they be saying the same thing or how would they feel if another adult spoke to their kid who was umpiring mm. like that? And, and I can tell you, because I've raised that to a few parents before, their mindset and what they say changes very quickly. Does it? Yes, They're just 100%. not thinking, eh? They must glaze over. Yeah. It's a chance for them to vent in the wrong time. So two match points to Heather Tan. She's just won it. Serena Williams is out of Wimbledon in the first round. The 24-year-old French woman has just taken down Serena Williams in the 10-point tiebreaker in the third and set. And was four points down, was four zip in the tiebreaker. Yeah. Amazing comeback. Uh-huh. And uh, and down a break in the in, in the normal third set. So that's a big, big win and a big, big story coming out of Wimbledon as it happens this morning. Uh, we're going to take a break. The, the big news last week was uh, Melbourne, uh, who you tipped, uh, gave us a touch-up. So <laughs> convincing, least, very convincing. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll go through that chapter and verse with you. Uh, right after this, if you'd like to join Luke Hodge this morning, the Brighton Homes open line is open, 13, 13, 55. If you've got a question for the great man, thanks to Becca Watt Lawyers, text us in. So 0467-736-736, just repeating, Serena Williams is out at Wimbledon. Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Heather Tan just striding off Wimbledon uh, as we speak. Uh, the the <laughs> smile on her face was as wide of, as her face during the uh, the post match interview. She's taken down Serena Williams in a third set tiebreaker. Serena, at the age of forty, is out. Was that her farewell to uh, mm. to the big stage at Wimbledon? Well, uh, Harmony might have a game on her, eh? mm. and then you've got to do the worst job in the world: sign tennis balls. <laughs> How hard are they to sign? Yeah, Harmony Tan. And she should sign whatever she wants at the moment. Yeah, she should be exactly right. She should yeah, stay the there for hours. She's the best in the world. 1-0 yeah. uh, to Australia as well in the uh, the Women's International, uh, the friendly against Portugal in Estoril. We've got a caller. Uh, Nick is on the line uh, for Hodgie. Uh, good morning, Nick. Yeah, good day, Pat Hills, and good morning to Hodgie. Um, 
Uh, Hodge, quick, quick question for you. Um, uh, Chris Fagan, like he, he's obviously done so well with the Lions and building culture and getting them from not being a really good club to a really strong club uh, without sort of going the whole way. I, I, it's hard sort of to say this because I don't want to diminish what he's done with the club, but does there come a point in time where a coach has sort of gotten all they can out of a playing group and, you know, that maybe it's he's not quite the guy to take him to the next sort of level? I, I don't know. It's really hard to say because he's he's done such he's such a great bloke and he's done such a great job for the footy club. But is it? Do you think he's the right guy to take them to the next level to win finals and maybe get the ultimate prize? And um, is it? Yeah, well you know, asked. Is there any sort well of asked. questions there? Like I, I I feel really bad, almost really bad saying it because he's done such a good job with the club. Yeah, he has. He has. Um, oh look, I, I guess the. Uh, the thing you have to look at is before this week, they were first on the ladder. So you look through and if, if you go, got to go through and see, you're right about the culture, how stable the club is. Like they, they've had a lot of injuries. I've, I've spoken over the last couple of weeks of Danaher, McStay, Hitwood all being out. Um, th- this week, going in and playing against Melbourne, the reigning premiers who three weeks ago, everyone was saying no one's going to get close to them. They had Zorko, Gardner and Zach Bailey out. So you sort mm. of look through, no continuity with the forward line. You had a few ins and outs across the back line, and then you had three pretty influential or two influential midfielders in in Zorks and Bales out. You can understand. Obviously, the, the loss wasn't great, but you can understand why these things happen. Melbourne had their back against the wall. Three weeks of imploding, it looked like, from boards to fighting amongst the uh, the players to, to coaches under pressure. They had a week off, and they come back and play the football that we knew they, they could the, the first, like, like they did the first 10 weeks. Um, I think you've got to look at both. It's It's... Can the coach get the best out of him? But also in those pressure situations, can the players stand up and handle the pressure? And that's what we—that's what we're going to have to look at over the last three weeks. The Lions players and coaching staff have done so well, um, getting him top two, three years in a row, which is an amazing effort. But it's making sure he can handle that pressure of finals football. And what we've seen this year, they lost to Melbourne, lost to Fremantle, even though it was it was close for three quarters. They need to have that composure in those big games because they've been out the last couple years through finals football and that's mean they've been able to get there but it's that thick tough uh if you make a mistake move on run two ways football you've got to run hard defense just as much as you've got to run forward so these are the questions we, we've got to start to see from the lines in those big games you can't go and beat north by 100 gold coast by 50 um but then get done by 60 points or, or get embarrassed like they did last year's final against melbourne so this is this is the question for the lines moving forward but I've still got a lot of confidence in them once they get that continuity of the group back together. Mm. And obviously confidence in uh, in fake. So, yeah, thanks, Nick. I hope that answers your question. But, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, you've got you've got plenty of confidence in Fags. Yeah. You've been with him for years, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I've, uh, I've worked with Fags since 2008. So if you want someone who's <laughs> going to make people calm in a, in a pressure situation, that tell you what, the amount of times that he's settled me down, if it was either game day or during the week because of – you get a bit worked up. It's an emotional yeah. game, and I'm a, I'm a passionate person when it comes to football. But he's a calm person who can make you think straight, and that's where, it, and that's the next phase for, for the for the players as mm. well. Just making sure that when things aren't going your way, you need to stick a little bit thicker and yeah. keep keep trying to play the football that you want to play. Zorks has faced the, the question this week. It's an obvious one. Do we have a problem against the the top sides? Are we a little fragile? Um. I think going back to that, and I'm not making excuses for him, going back to the reason I just sort of mm. said then, that the the best sides are the ones that 
defend well, and a lot of them defend. They they're good at stoppage, and then they go hard when they when they feel they're on top. Mm. The Lions, because of their continuity, haven't had a strong team. And once once those top teams have felt that they're on top, they've really put the foot down. And unfortunately, the the, the Lions have taken a backward seat and, and let them overrule them. So, look, yeah, I, I once they have a, a full side in, in in three weeks' time, and and Hipwood's up fit. Like you, you're watching Hipwood playing, he's he's underdone, but. What you're looking at now is you're making sure you're getting K's into legs, games into him. So then he's firing at September. Yeah. So people saying drop him, and I'm saying give him as really. much, <laughs> give him as much time as you can because he's a bloke, he's a workhorse on the half forward line, which is going to help complement McStay and Danaher later in the season. Did mm. I tell you what? Nick was nervous asking that question, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's daunting, isn't it? Whenever if you ring up for the radio for the first time and ask a question, yeah, and I, I felt for him because he wanted to ask an honest question about the lines moving forward about Fagan, yeah. but he did want to sound disrespectful because he knows where Fags has got him from. Like they had mm. ten years of mm. horrible results yeah. up here, and Fags been able to get him up to three top. So I can understand he still respects Fags, but just wanted to ask it in the right question. Yeah, he asked right it way. well. How did Melbourne snap into that performance uh, after those three bad weeks? Oh, look what. You look at the teams they lost to, and it was structurally the teams that they they had one tall, maybe two talls up forward, and the rest small, agile, hard-working half-forwards that will work up the ground, and then they'll turn around and put pressure on coming back. You look at the line structure, even though Joey's a little bit underdone, Hippie's underdone, they, they play three genuine talls, and it's proven in the past that Melbourne enjoy that. So Fags would have went in backing his players, saying this is our system, this is how we're going to play, and probably found out that when we play them in round 23, will we go in with the same structure? Will we go in there with the three tools? Or do you need some more smaller, agile blokes that can work up and defend, but also push back and, and put forward pressure mm-hmm. on as well? These, these are the joys of a, an AFL coach after you, <laughs> after you get a big loss to a, to a Melbourne. But everyone, everyone knew Melbourne was going to come back yeah. and, and have an impact. Like You're not going to be that, – that was that were daylights ahead of everyone else after round 10 but yeah. because they imploded through a few punch-ons internally, board and, and players, that a few mm. things. But – it's amazing. You have a you have a week off at the bye. You regroup and you and you move on. And that's what they did. All right. Enough of looking back. We're going to look forward. Uh, Thursday night, dog. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. No, Bulldogs <laughs> play the same, don't they? Oh, I, um, I was watching. I was watching last week when I commentated the Bulldogs, and I, all I was thinking was, "Oh, Lions. They're looking a lot like what Melbourne did last <laughs> night." Oh, so it's, look, the only thing is, they they know they got Bulldogs. If if you're if you're doing nothing on Thursday night. Take your kids to the footy on Thursday night because it's going to be a massive game. It's big for Lions because they've dropped from first to third with a loss to Melbourne. The Bulldogs have just jumped into the eight. If the Bulldogs beat them, the Lions could come down to fifth and sixth. It's got, it's a, it's a there's a lot on on at stake for both sides. Yes. But just looking at what the Bulldogs can do, Liberatore, you got Bont and Pally in there. Their midfielders are playing hard, honest, tough football, which is what Melbourne are known for. Um, yeah, it's and. Talking to a few of the Lions players, they want to regroup and, and show their best foot because last week wasn't the Lions that we've come to know. Yeah. They've still got the confidence. They, they've still got uh, morale and confidence and, and a belief that they can bounce. Yeah, and that's the thing. We, we've spoken over the last five weeks. They've lost 3-1-2, but they're still sitting on top of the ladder. So they're still doing a, a lot of things right to be in a good position. But if you look at their next their next month or five weeks, you've got Bulldogs, Essendon, they should get done. GWS down at Canberra is going to be a bit of a question. Gold Coast at home and then, and then Richmond. So... Look, it's, it's a bit on the line for Lions mm. over the next five weeks, and it starts on, on Thursday night. Mm. 693 SENQ launches Friday morning from 6 o'clock. Uh, what a show we've got. We've got uh, Wayne Bennett, Kevin Walters, Dane Zorka. Uh, we're going to call you just yes, quickly I up think the I'm coast. Pop on and say good day. Yeah. Oh, good on you, yeah. man. I'll be flying to, uh, flying to Melbourne, actually, so yeah. uh, for the footy that night.
All right, well, we're excited. We've got Luke Hodge live in the studio at the moment. It's uh, 7.50. We'll take a break. I've got some special news from you from your second favourite team, the Suns, after, oh, after this. <laughs> Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. As he does every Wednesday, Luke Hodge joining us. A question from Paul. Morning, boys. Can you please ask Hodgie whether he thinks the Lions can go all the way after last week's performance? He said he's trying to channel the Tigers of 2017 who got pumped by the Saints in round 16 of that year. Yeah, look, don't don't lose confidence. I said that. You don't, you don't want to play your best football at this time. Mm-hmm. This is about learning on glitches and, and identifying some weaknesses, which they've found a few over the last five <laughs> weeks. But there's, a, there's still seven or eight weeks of football to go in the home away mm-hmm. season. That's when you want to be playing your best going into finals. Now, I had this one had your name written all over it when it landed on my desk yesterday. A media release from the Suns, your second favourite team up here. Gold Coast Suns corporate hospitality packages are now officially sold out for the Round 16 clash against Collingwood, Saturday, 2nd July. First time that uh, the 2,000 seats across all six facilities have sold out since 2014. They've got Daryl Braithwaite there, so they're fired up for this weekend against the Pies. I uh, I cannot believe that. I remember I I had a friend text me to see if I could get some tickets to the game, and I'm like, yep, no problems. Normally the Gold Coast ones are the easiest (laughs) ones to come by. And I I logged in to, to get the tickets. Sold out. And this was at the start of the week. So I think it goes to show Daryl Braithway obviously brings a lot of people in. Um, there's also a game of football. Oh, you right. no, no, I think that I think that goes to show Collingwood are playing good football and Gold Coast have been excellent. Like losing to Port Adelaide to, by two points, but what they've been able to produce, they're, they're not that just lay down team and, and in front of a big crowd. This is this is probably the biggest thing for the Gold Coast Suns moving to towards the end of the year, that if they can put on a big display, a big game against a full crowd, they're going to bring kids next week and they're yeah. going to continue to come back. So yeah, this is on to the players. They've been really good for the last month to five weeks. Make sure you bring it on this weekend against Collingwood because then you'll get supporters on supporters after that and the kids are going to continue to come and watch oh, They nearly got over the line, didn't they, with Port Two Adelaide? Oh. Anyway, what about Geelong-Richmond, mate? Now, um, great game, they reckon. Is it fair? Right, the findings of Tom Stewart and his bump on Prestia, careless, severe, and high. Four matches enough? Um, yeah, I, I think so. Look, you're going to say people, people are going to say, oh, get him in five or six, isn't enough. You look back and people, he made a split second decision, which was mm. the wrong one, and he accepted it. It's not as if he's tried to lie. I think it's just as important post what happens if he's trying to get out of it, trying to downplay what he did. He didn't even put in a defence for himself at tribunal. No. He said, "No, give me whatever you believe's fair." And I think once they took everything into into account, he, you've got to take, especially with an incident like that, you've got to take his history into it. And he is a placid, calm. I interviewed him two or three weeks ago. Couldn't believe how humble and quiet. I know that's got nothing to do as far as with the action that he did, but I, I feel it's fair. And people sort of say, "Is it going to deter people from doing that in the future?" Oh. I think so. People know that you can't bump now. And that was a split-second decision. He made the wrong call. He put his hand up. He owned what he did. And he's going to be resting for the next four weeks. But not only that, a, a bloke like him will have the guilt on seeing what Presti was like afterwards, which yeah. no one wants to see. That. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, what about this one then? So so Richmond, uh, they come into that game sixth. They lose Presti, one of their best. They lose by three points and now sit ninth. Is is there a, an argument for a red card? Yeah, the um, it's brought back in. <laughs> the uh, the old red card conversation yeah. comes back in whenever there's a big incident. 
the only thing is we talk about it once every three or four years because that's mm. the only time something like this happens. So yep. I don't think it's that overreaction. If there's a big umpiring decision or a big howler that costs a game, you shouldn't go and change the rules on, on one or two incidents. I don't think there should be the red card. Players these days make split-to-second decisions and 99% of the time they make the right call. This time... He was uh, he was stuck and, and yeah got four weeks suspension for it. Can we do this in time? Lions and Bulldogs. Lions. Yes. Carlton St Kilda. Carlton. Uh, Bombers and Sydney. Sydney. Crows Melbourne. Melbourne. Cats North Melbourne. Cats. Suns Collingwood. Oh, Suns. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Come on, boys. Tigers West Coast. Tigers. Giants Hawks. Uh, Giants. Frio Port. Frio. <laughs> That's perfect. Go to the I reckon you've got all those right. <laughs> Hopefully. Last week I got about two right. So. Go back to the sunny coast to your family. See you next Thanks. week, guys. Thanks, Hodgie. <laughs> Luke Combs. Thank you, mate. Time for the news. IMAR Insurance. The tradies, mate. Call 13 IMAR. Patton Heels. Queensland made. Cam Smith about to join us. Don't forget, uh, 693 SNQ launches Friday morning from 6 o'clock. What a show we've got planned. We'll have guests including Wayne Bennett, Kevin Walters, Dane Zorko, the Lions skipper. Let's hope it's reporting straight after a Lions win at the Gabba on Thursday night. Just catching up with some quick news. Portugal have scored late in the friendly, full-time, one-all Portugal-Australia. Uh, given our, our lead-up to this and the fact that we're experimenting for the few combos, we'll take that one. Uh, and uh, yes. not a lot of love for Serena from uh, a couple of our regulars, from Cuzzy Bro and Daryl, uh, both giving it to Serena. As we know, Serena has uh, been beaten by Harmony Tan, the 24-year-old French woman, and we will have Brett Phillips. Uh, he will join us after Cam Smith after 8.30. Cam Smith, good morning. It hasn't been the easiest of weeks, mate. Oh, morning, boys. No, it's, n- it's never a, uh, a great feeling after an origin loss. But um, look, I-, I think the boys are brave. They uh, they certainly put in a whole heap of effort, but um, oh look, the Blues were very good, and they had to be. Look, we we knew coming into the, this game uh, over in Perth that uh, they were going to be desperate, and uh, they certainly were. You could tell from the from the very first um, tackle of the match that they were they were a very different side from game one. Um, but you know, it was it was a tough match, and, and all orig- origins are, but it just makes for a. Uh, a belter for game three, which I think I just seen some news. It's sold out, boys. Yeah, it's already it's sold, sold out. out. Yeah, we just so, had well, mate. We broke that news. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, look, it's going to be an absolute cracker um, game three, and um, it's important now that the Maroons they need to bounce back. All right, as I said back. to Hodgie, we're not look, we don't not much point in looking back. Well, we will have some analysis of it, but mate, yeah. can I ask you honestly what you thought of Freddie's statements post one? When there, when there, there was clearly there was clearly an influence uh, his, his attempt to influence a referee. Does that, has that come into your thinking at all? Um, as in the result of game two? Yeah, well, as in the way the as in the way the game was refereed. Oh, look, uh, you know, you'd like to think that um, that had nothing to do with it. To be fair, because mm. we're living in a, a a day and age that you'd like to think there's no bias within the refereeing. Like, we're not in the days of the old grasshopper. <laughs> when, yeah, when the king, when Wally Lewis used to, <laughs> when, he, when he felt like Queensland needed a penalty, he just he talked to the referee and he'd get one. But um, oh, there's, there's no doubt that there was, there was a lot said about the refereeing in game one. That's fact. We all seen it. We all read it. 
um, and that was that was the tact of um, the New South Wales side to to um, point that out um, after game one. But I, I I really hope that that wasn't the reason for some of the decisions made um, in game two. And you know um, we've seen the sin binning. We all seen the sin binning. Did that contribute to? Um, you know the 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 lack of energy in the back end of the game for Queensland. Of course, it did. You see it every week when a team loses a player, yeah. but that's no excuse. There's, that's absolutely no excuse for the result. Um, you know, have, having um, just a quick look at the game um, post Sunday night. You know, there's a whole heap of things that that New South Wales New South Wales did better than uh, than Queensland, and that's just when you don't do things as well, particularly some small. Some small parts of the game that a lot of people don't notice, it usually makes things a little bit harder, mm. and 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 it did. And you know we're not taking anything away from New South Wales; they were fantastic. They needed to be. Um, the series was on the line for them. Um, but you know Queensland get another crack. We get another crack. And um, and as, as a as a playing group um, and as a coaching staff, uh, you know Bill Slade has already made the point. We won't be using. Uh, a player being sent to the sin bin for ten minutes as an excuse for the for the loss. You know the team needs to be better. Um, the coaches need to be better for game three, and we will be. You know the players will certainly go out and, and play a better game than what they did in game two, and uh, hopefully that means we can we can retain. Oh, sorry, not retain the shield. We'll we'll get the shield back to Queensland. Yeah, we, we you were in the commentary box in rather than in in the dugouts, but yes. But um, were you concerned that someone might get sin bin with another indiscretion or two? Well, well, we've seen that through the NRL this year, haven't we? And yep. um, when there's when there's um, multiple indiscretions, um, <laughs> I was I was a little bit surprised, uh, to to be honest. And as as we all were uh, in the commentary box, and I think if you if you listen to the commentary closely, it's actually Andrew Johns, who's a very proud New South Welshman. He, I don't think he completely agreed with the decision mm. yeah, that, that someone went to them because I, I, he knew as a, as a person that's played plenty of these matches the, the repercussions of, yep. of someone going to the bin. Not, not so much straight away, which, which well, New South Wales scored a try um, soon after Felice Cafusi went to the bin. But Queensland did a great job after that um, for that remaining time to um, not allow any more points scored against them. But it was in the back end of the game where yeah. it really showed that 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 ten minute period where they defended with twelve men it, it really took a lot of energy out of them. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot being said about the decision. The referee made it. That's what he thought was the best decision on the night, and we move on. We move on. Just before the send off, let's say uh, ten minutes before the send off, um, yep. was there a? Uh, um, someone in the New South Wales side that provided impetus for them, like Carrigan did for us in match one, that that had us panicking a touch. Oh, not really. I I just think that they come with a very um, different game plan this time around. Which um, you know, I think we just we we struggled to get any sort of field position. Yeah. Fellas. So it seemed like we played pretty much the entire game in our own half. Yeah. So. You know when when they get when they get quick play of the ball speed when they get roll on you know you, you're trying to play catch up defensively, so that's where I think that that um, sin binning come from was that you know you, you're trying your best to um, control the, the speed of the play of the ball to give your chance, your side every opportunity to have a good defensive line be able to defend the next tackle. Um, so you know that's that's just areas that Queensland need be, need to be better at in game three. Changes will there be? 
Well, well, I, I'm I'm not too sure because, um, as I said, there was a you know, from a from a um, from a skill point of view, I think we need to be better. Um, from a tactical point of view, we need to be better. But from an effort point of view, you know, and and Billy made this point after the match, like he couldn't have been prouder of the effort that they put in. Um, it was certainly a, a very um, difficult match. We we got through plenty of work. We did a lot more tackling than what New South Wales did. And we held out for as long as we could, but it was just an onslaught in the end by New South Wales. Um, and so I'm not too sure whether changes need to be made, particularly for game three. You know, it's we don't we don't particularly want to hit the panic button just yeah. because we've lost the match. You've got to remember that that same team, they went down to Sydney and, and won game one and, and played extremely well um, in, in that first match. So... Um, yeah, you know, we got another week of football to go. We, we we learned from game one, boys, that you know you sort of you can't get too carried away with picking teams now because you have a look what happened between game one and game two. You know, Ruben Cotter goes down with a hamstring injury. Um, of course, you know we knew we were going to lose Xavier Coates because of the injury in game one, but we just got to see how this this week plays out. And I think um, I think we've got a number of players backing up on a short turnaround. Like yeah. if you look at the game tomorrow night, you know Storm v Manly. Yeah, those players backing up from State of Origin, that it was a four-day turnaround. With, so, a, with a big flight. With a big flight, you know. Um, so we'll just we'll just have to see how everyone pulls up from this weekend um, and, and we'll go from there. Uh, you're a great one to ask this. We looked a little disjointed from dummy half uh, from, from quite early in the game even. Where, mm. where does that come from? Well, yeah, I'm not, that's just a lack of communication on, on the night because – I must say the preparation was was really good. Again, yeah. once again it was, and um, particularly once we got over to to Perth, um, we had two training sessions over in Perth, and I would I would say the the session that we had on Friday morning, um, yeah, we we looked really sharp, we looked yep. really good, and um, it was it was very it was free flowing, um, no no hiccups at all whatsoever in our ball work. So it's just it's just about making sure that everyone's on the same page, they know exactly um, what's going on, and I think the one you're referring to, Heels, is maybe when when Munster got that ball charged down. We had a sort of a bit of a we we looked to pass, and then I think someone was in the way, and then we had to go again. And by that time, I think Cleary and and one other player had sort of read that the ball was going to Munster. They got up and charged the ball down, and then yeah, it was a turnover um, on on our own twenty meter line. Mm. So it's just those, like I was talking about how we can be better in those small little areas. Just, yeah. just something so small like that, that can have such a huge influence on the result. Now, you sort of look at that and you go, oh, well, that was at the start of the game. Yeah, you can make up for that. But if that ball goes up the other end um, and we're able to you know, have a really good defensive set or even maybe force an error from New South Wales, you just don't know <laughs> what happens from there. Maybe we score points yep. and we get away to a little bit of yeah. a buffer. You just don't know. So that's why in, in State of Origin football in particular, you need to be on, on every play. All right, can I ask you one thing? If we're not talking about mass changes a la Freddie after game one, mm. what, and, and I know he ha- we haven't seen him for a few weeks, what if Fafita comes out and has a blinder for the Titans against the Knights? Well, well, <laughs> well Billy Slater's got a headache, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you wiped your hands of this now. <laughs> He'd have a big headache. No, I've got. I play no part in the selection. No way. No. I yeah. Uh, I stay well away from that. That's got to be a really difficult job. But um, no, I think 
you know, in the first two matches, and although it hasn't been you know overly difficult for the first two games, I must admit, um, you know, Billy he, he rings the the assistant coaches and just gets their opinion on on certain players and what yeah. you know our thoughts are on on um, those particular players in certain positions and how they would um, affect the the makeup of the seventeen, what what impact they would have. Um, you know, so a, pl- a player like a, a Fafita, um, David Fafita, could could create huge impact for the Queensland side. But has he played enough football? Yeah. I, I'm just not too sure. He's only played a couple of games in the last sort of ten weeks. So, um, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think. Look, I'm. I'm I'll, I'll toss this up right now. I don't think there's going to be wholesale changes in, in if if any in this Queensland side. Um, there's a few banged up, I must admit. There's a few guys banged up after that second game. Mm. It was a really physical match, as they all are. Um, so, you know, we may be forced by injury. Um, we may not. We'll just see what happens. Are we using Papali'i enough? Good question. Well, yeah, well, that's 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 something that needs to – as coaches, we need to review um, from from this game, Heels. And he had a well, – what do you have about a – Close to a twenty-minute stint in the first. Yeah, he looked um, quite keen to really get in into it, game two. Yeah. So you might be cranking him up nicely. Yeah, I think so. We're just holding him back for game three, just to unleash him at some point. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, he, he's been um, he's he's well, he's played the most matches out of anyone in the Queensland side, mm. in the current Queensland side. So he's the most experienced, and uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're going to need all that experience we can muster for game three to, to get over the Blues. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Hey, it's seven sixteen. We're uh, chatting to Cam Smith. We'd love to uh, have your questions. Eight sixteen, Patty. Eight sixteen. I keep mucking up. I can't even <laughs> read a clock. You live on daylight saving <laughs> time somewhere. <laughs> well, seven sixteen somewhere. <laughs> is that Adelaide? It's close to Adelaide time, isn't it? No, it's, it's seven, only seven forty-five. Seven forty-five, and they're closer to it, aren't they? <laughs> Brighton Homes open line is thirteen thirteen fifty-five. We've got Cam Smith with us until eight thirty. Another this hour morning. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Becker White Lawyers text line is oh four. Six seven seven three six seven three six. Take a break, and we're back with more Cam Smith after this. Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Hey, 693 SENQ launches Friday morning from 6 o'clock. What a show we've got planned. The guests include Wayne Bennett, Kevin Walters and the Lions skipper. As I said, let's hope he's reporting on a Lions victory from Thursday night. We've got Cam Smith on the line. Oh, and we think we have, you just heard from your mate. Yeah, Haydos. Haydos will be there. He could be the first Queenslander on our show. <laughs> well, we've got a great Queenslander on the show now. We've we've done enough with the uh, with the origin. As, as as I said to the Blue Codge, no point in looking back. Uh, <laughs> let's go forward. So, hey, plenty of talk about Munster. You were a little bit worried about him. You were saying post match, but right at the moment, he's been named in this Storm side for tomorrow night's game against the Eagles, which shapes as a as a big match at Brookie. Yeah, it's well, huge game. Um... For well, for both sides, I think. Uh, just off the top of my head, boys, I think um, the storm across the rep weekend uh, just gone. I think they had ten plus players involved. Yeah, out of their seventeen, 
Ooh. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how they bounce back, um, particularly with those, those well, the Queensland New South Wales players flew back from Perth and then um, the the players involved in the Kiwis-Tonga game, they, they flew over to New Zealand. So they fly to New Zealand, fly back, get ready for this one. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they how they pull up and actually how they play the Storm um, and and Munster too. I think he's been named, but I'll, I'll be interested to see actually if he if he takes the field. Yeah. Um, given he was he was pretty tender um, after after the Origin, but we all know he's a he's a he's a tough hombre, old Cam Munster. So and and particularly after a loss on the weekend, he'll be keen to get back out there and, and have a blinder. Mm. So um, big one, big one for my old boys. Yeah, going I was going to. Going up to Manly. I was going to say that. Long-time Storm captain. Uh, give us an insight into these two clubs. They don't like Ooh. each other, do they? And, and there's history here. <laughs> well, Pat, Patty, I think more so for the players um, that sort of played in and around my time. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the rivalry, I think, between Storm and, and Manly was probably the, the I guess, the, the, the biggest or the strongest rivalry we had with, with any club um, through through my Sort of nineteen twenty okay, years, I played. Yeah. I, pl- I played with them. So, if if you think back to like the mid two thousands, all the way through to maybe a couple of years after two thousand and ten, that Manly and Melbourne sort of dominated the competition through those yeah. years. Um, as far as you know, the, the sort of the top two or top four teams, and they played in many grand finals. Well, they played in a couple against each other, but they sort of dominated. Uh, you know, grand final appearances through that period of time, um, and they just had a they had a great footy side. They had a great footy side, um, full of you know a lot of representative players. And yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't particularly like each other all that much. <laughs> Whereas I think I think maybe that it, it it may have it may have subsided a little bit yeah. uh, over the last sort of five or six years with with you know sort of Melbourne continuing on with their success, you know, being sort of a benchmark of the competition, and Manly's dropped off a little bit. Um, so yeah, it may have subsided a little bit, but certainly there's always plenty of feeling between these two clubs. Uh, it's not the time to sort of analyse this at all, but we'll keep an eye on it. The Bulldogs haven't given up on finals. Can you believe that? <laughs> and then take us into the Cowboys Broncos match, Smithy. Oh, look, you know, the Bulldogs, how good has it been to see, well, would you say the resurgence yeah. of the doggies? Um, and you know, they're, they're on a, what are they, one, they're, their last two, two. Mm-hmm. so um, and and convincingly too. Um, so this, what have they got? The I think they got the Sharkies this weekend. Yeah. That's a big one for them. You know, that's a that's a really big one for them. They've, uh, as I said, they'll be they'll be sky high on confidence. They get Matt Burton back, who was you know one of the stars of of Game Two. Who you know he'll he'll bring bring back even more confidence to that squad. Um, it'll be great to see him win three in a row. Geez, it'd be good to see him win three in yeah. a row. And if they do that, they're on they're on ten competition points, which is only a, you know a couple of wins or a few wins out of the top mm. eight. So, the, I, I, I agree. Though, those teams sitting sort of anywhere like below eighth, um, who are a few wins back, I wouldn't be throwing the tail in. Well, you never throw the tail in, but you know, I'd I'd be backing yourself. Just say, okay. hey boys, let's let's go on a little bit of a run here. If you can string together four or five wins. In this competition, in particular, if you're if you're in around anywhere from sort of seventh to twelfth or thirteenth, you could find yourself right in right in amongst that that sort of top eight sort of fight. Yep. Yeah. So I'd be backing them in, especially if you're playing the right teams. Yeah. Hey, oh yeah. Indication of just how how much emphasis the Bronx are putting on this gun, this one, the the derby Saturday mm. night, five thirty in Townsville. 
So Reynolds wants to play with a dislocated fractured rib. Was that's what oh. we're we're understanding. Oh. Um, and you know now, now that's in the public domain. I know you footballers. You know when you carry an injury, you love the media to talk about it and just oh. tell everyone. And, it's just and, a, and yeah, it's and, a red rag to the red rag to the bull, isn't it? Yeah. And Payne Haas is fair. They're going to be a pincushion with both shoulders probably have to be needled and mm. and you know a syndesmosis problem in the ankle. I mean. Yeah. Well, the, the news, Paddy, out of out of Origin Two was that he he'd be missing for a couple of weeks, yeah. if 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 not, if not 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 even available for Game Three. So, yeah, like I was really shocked um, to see him named for this one. Um, it's it's look, that's a that's a brave effort, and and I don't think the Broncos who are sitting uh, fifth and and going really well, they've, I think they've won nine um, out of their last twelve. It'd be silly to risk him if he wasn't 100%. It'd be yeah. silly to risk him at this part of the year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if he's playing, if he's named and if he, if they're going to play him, he must be okay. But this is this is going to be a cracker. It's 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 great to see another um, Queensland derby where both teams are playing well. Th- yeah. uh, third versus fifth. Um, Cowboys won this uh, match-up earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, I think they, they won it convincingly, yeah. Second half, um, they blew him away. Yep, so um, Broncos playing, I think, playing a lot more consistent footy now than what they were early in the year. So this is going to be a good one. I'm tipping Cowboys, given they've got the home field advantage. Hey, just quickly, wanted to bring this up. We're counting down the time. Um, Muzz sent through, you know, kudos to the Pacific Nations and the Origin game players. Passionate, brutal, uh, but never spiteful and obviously great respect. And, Mm. yeah, I I agree. That's the way that all those games were played. But, mate, one point. Um, are you disappointed that we're not going to have a rep round next year? Yeah, I am because I, I think it's I think it's great for the for the game, you know, just to um, actually have have for all those representative sides, particularly the the international teams, to get international footy back on the calendar, and just to, so everyone can sit down and because talking from a Queensland point of view, the Queensland team and and the staff, we we sat down and watched nearly every one of those games. You did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if we weren't training, like if we didn't have any sort of commitments on, we sat down and watched all those games, even the under-19 matches. What do you both, think? Both both men and women. It was fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. yeah the skill levels were good and it was good entertainment. Why, why do you think we can't have one? What about before the State of Origin match? Why can't we have a test round? Well, because the Origins are going to all Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesday yeah. afternoon we're playing a mm. test yeah. between Tonga and New Zealand in on the same venue. Mm. Yeah. We've got to find I'm a way. I'm all for it. Okay. The, the hardest thing is, the hardest thing there is, boys, because uh, there's not a dedicated weekend for rep footy, and so at the at the last few years where that that middle Origin games been played on a Sunday, the whole competition stops. Yeah. So if you if you when we go back to three Wednesdays next year, if you're playing internationals, pretty the majority of the players in the NRL competition they'll all be gone. Mm. So if, so you know what I mean? If they play, if they play. In midweek, like the state of origin players yeah, do, yeah. you'll you'll be asking the entire competition to to break away, go play some representative football, and then come back and play on the weekend yeah, too. So, and that's the decision: do yep. they value it or don't they value it? Yeah, well, that's it, right. Yeah, they've got to make a call. And I mean, you know, people with with the caliber of you and the and the and the you know the potency in the game of you, obviously back in, and I think all the fans do too. Hey, mate, we have ticked past eight thirty. I've finally got the call right. Uh, we we really appreciate your time as usual. And, uh, yeah, let's hope uh, as we head into uh, Origin 3 that yep. we'll be talking about uh, everything Queensland uh, next week. Cam Smith. Thanks, Cam. See you, boys.
Thank you, mate. We've oh, got to get to the sure news. I'm not sure what the relationship is there, but I'm certain we're about to find out as this day unfolds because it's big, big news from Wimbledon. Yeah, it was a wonderful joy. And and it seemed like a, an urging crowd, but certainly respectful to both players. Serena uh, was getting plenty of support, and so too was Harmony. So very good entertainment and theatre. And the uh, friendly and Estoril, Matilda's one, Portugal one, Portugal scoring late there. We've got Tommy Hackett on the line. Tommy, a very good morning to you. Uh, it's been another late night with Wimbledon. Quite a few Aussies through, including Kyrgios. But uh, now we've got Joker and Kokonakis. Yeah, this is going to be massive. Uh, it was a, a dramatic day at Wimbledon, really. And we could be in for another one tonight. There's some really uh, big matches uh, set to take place. But this one between... Uh, Tanasi Kokonakis and Novak Djokovic will garner most of the Australian uh, attention. No surprises here. Novak Djokovic is a dominant favourite. He's a dollar four. Tanasi Kokonakis is thirteen dollars. So uh, there's, I guess, the thing is, there's no pressure for Tanasi. He he can go out and play his natural game, and and when he does that, he uh, he can be a very very dangerous opponent. But uh, he's going to have to produce the best tennis of his life. There's no doubt about that, to beat Novak Djokovic at Wimbledon, who is uh, always so, so tough to beat. So I'm really interested to see just how how close Tanasi can get it, whether he can push Djokovic, because it it would be uh, big for his confidence if he can even just jag a set or even just keep it close, because he is literally playing against uh, the world's best and one of the the best ever. So uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Kokonakis on the big stage, and hopefully uh, he puts up a really good account of himself. The men's draw might open up, as you said, for Cressy. Uh, yesterday you mentioned him. He's beaten Ali Asim, but with her cash and Alcaraz out, Isner might be able to force an issue against Andy Murray. Yeah, this could be a really important game, this one now. I think whoever wins this match between Andy Murray and John Isner has got a pretty good path to to the quarterfinals, in my opinion. So Andy Murray's come up as a clear favourite here. He's $1.40. John Isner is $2.90. So it's, uh, I think both players would be a little bit dirty. They've drawn each other in the second round. It's uh, definitely a, a danger game by, by for both opponents. But Andy Murray's uh, form on grass uh, so far this season, even last year as well, has been very, very strong. We know that John Isner has a, a game that's really well suited to grass because he does have such a big serve. But... Andy Murray, uh, some of his best tennis uh, has been against these sort of big servers where he can sort of counter punch. He gives him a John Isner does give uh, give him a big target, and Andy Murray is pretty good at hitting that target. So I think Andy Murray is uh, a deserving favourite here. I think he'll win this match, and I think he can make a run here as long as his body stays uh, in as good a shape as it can possibly be. There's no doubt he's never not going to play a tournament in, in some sort of pain. Andy Murray, that's just the reality of his body at this stage of his career, but. If he can stay relatively fit, he's got a really good chance to make another deep run at Wimbledon here. And I think he'll beat Isner uh, tonight in uh, one of the later matches on Senate Court. Hey, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Matteo Berrettini, last year's runner-up, has joined Marin Cilic. They're both COVID casualties. They're out. And we've also lost the sixth seed, Felix Auger-Aliassim from Canada. So th- this drawer is opening up, and we also see two of the high profilers going against each other now, Rude and Umber, going early in this tournament. Yeah, this is a really interesting game because Casper Root, he's the third seed at Wimbledon, but historically his record on grass is just horrific. Uh, he's barely, uh, he's got a negative uh, differential on grass. He's never really been suited on the on the on the on the uh, court. He's always been more of a uh, clay court player. While Hugo Umber actually has a, a decent record on clay, so Root's the dollar sixty two. 
uh, shot here. Umba is $2.25, but it, it is quite rare in a, in a second round of a Grand Slam that you see the number, th- uh, the number three seed going around at $1.62, and it has led to a few discussions. That back in the day at Wimbledon, they used to do the seedings... Uh, they were sort of a bit more random, and they would take grass court preference into into mm. effect, and that often helped the likes of uh, Pat Rafter and Mark Filipusis, who were very good uh, grass court players. They would get a higher seed, while uh, some of the clay court specialists uh, who yard on grass basically would, would be knocked out of the seed. So there's a case to be made that we might need to bring that back because Casper Rude being the number three seed on a grass at a grass court tournament with his record in grass is a, is a little bit of a different one. Mm. Uh, weekend, I think it's Sunday in Perth, the, the Wallabies and England. Have you got markets for the rugby and maybe even Sri Lanka starting this afternoon in the cricket? Yeah, I thought we'd have, thought we'd have a quick look at this market for the rugby uh, just because the first test that is coming up and in, I think it's going to be a really good series this one. It's good to see England back on Australian shores for the yeah. first time in a while. Australia are the favourites here. They're $1.50. England's $2.50. The early money with Ladbrokes is definitely in favour of the Wallabies. They've been pretty well back. They've been quite popular in early multis as well. So uh, good support there for the Aussies in the rugby union. In the test match as well, the money does continue to come here for the draw. The draw continues to be our best, which you don't normally see too, too often. Uh, in uh, test match betting. But the draw accounts for uh, five of our six biggest bets on the match. The other one is for Australia there at the $2.38. So Australia, $2.38. The draw's two seventy five. Sri Lanka, $3.50. So the market's saying that this could be a, a game that really does go go the full five days and could potentially go the distance. So I'm really looking forward to it. I just, I just as, as we all do, just love this match cricket. I love test match cricket on the subcontinent. We we always seem to, uh, when we have series against Sri Lanka, in Sri Lanka, there always seems to be, there's always drama, there's always uh, yeah. um, really good test matches. So I think we could see another another really good test match this, uh, this week as well. I think you're right. Tommy, thank you very much. Uh, great wrap-up as usual. We'll keep an eye on women. We've actually got Brett Phillips on the line after this. He's been tied up with his broadcasting commitments uh, as the Serena Williams match went uh, past three hours. So we'll keep it up. Uh, we'll have him up straight after this. But from Ladbrokes, Tom Hackett, always a, always a pleasure. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, boys. Back with more in just a moment. Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Thanks to the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education right across the globe. Inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. That means, Hills, we have found Brett Phillips. He's oh. been doing overtime. Do they teach punctuality, those Australian <laughs> tennis professionals, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> oh, extraordinary, gents. Uh, thank you for... Um your flexibility this morning it was a long, uh, yeah, long, long morning. Uh, that's the thing about tennis, isn't it? We know, we don't know when the day starts, but anything beyond that, it's uh, <laughs> throw the cards in the air. Yeah, well, I mean, Kyrgios, among other things, spitting uh, towards uh, some uh, those that didn't really agree with his the way he conducted himself uh, has seems a long time ago, considering what's happened in the last hour or two. Yes. Well, I was talking to Mark off air, and uh, when you're sort of doing the role that I was doing, I haven't uh, had a chance to watch the Curios uh, press conference. Um, some people have yeah, told me about it, so I'll get my head around that uh, today. But nothing probably surprises me. I did watch the match. It's interesting. I, there were about four Aussies playing at the same time, and you're trying to get across uh, all of them, but you are drawn to Nick because you know there's something that's going to happen. And 
Yeah, look, he would have expected that, you know, just from a tennis point of view today, he would have expected a, a much more comfortable day uh, to be taken to five and, you know, he didn't play his best tennis clearly and that then brings in the frustration, uh, which uh, spills over pretty quickly, as we know. Um, the well done to Paul Jabb. I thought he played a, a really, really good match and yeah. had, his, uh, had his chances. But, yeah, certainly with the crowd, it's interesting because, you know, it's sort of, it's contradictory because Nick wants this new age crowd to have a bit more freedom and, express themselves and be raucous and not be so prim and proper and uh, with all the rules of tennis and then you know he's at the chair with uh, the very experienced chair umpire no fast chair umpire maria chichak who could just try and have a wry smile on her face for most of the match but when those chair umpires get rostered they must think oh geez i should be putting in triple pay today because i'm going to deal with all this you know i'd be just saying the score you know that's my job <laughs> Um, and he debated, obviously, with Maria for quite some time about the conduct of the crowd. And, of course, he, you know, there was the allegations of the racism in Stuttgart a couple of weeks ago and uh, uh, crowd movement. It's busy around those outside courts at Wimbledon. There is a lot of traffic. Uh, there's not a lot of room yeah. uh, to move uh, when you're out on court three and beyond. So, uh, But I haven't seen the press conference Um I don't know how they let him in, eating what his pastor and everything else. I thought they, uh, the, the very prim and proper Wimbledon officials wouldn't allow that. But, yeah, never dull. No. Sure. Uh, he was having his dinner, you're right, during the, the press conference. Um, since then, uh, and this is what uh, tied you up this morning, uh, 12 months ago, uh, Serena quit a Wimbledon first-round match in tears, and she hadn't played a singles match since. Uh, she's only played one more, and she won't play any more at this Wimbledon. Uh, is that the end? Mm. Well, if, if it's the end, she's gone out playing an absolute epic. Uh, momentum shifts uh, galore, 40 years of age, just trying to will that body to chase down everything. And there were times when she looked very cooked and that this is the last little chapter. And then she would get into a bit of vintage Serena where she was just making volleys, uh, coming up with those big clutch T serves when she needed them. Um, you know, she found some firepower and and moving like a gazelle at times, but she couldn't get to the finish line. I mean, this is a, an, an incredible story and, and why we will always love sport and why I always love the underdog in sport because here's Harmony Tan. She's never been on any of the big courts in tennis from France. She gets drawn Serena thinking, she'd be nice to take a couple of games off uh, Serena. I'd be happy with that. Mm. And she goes and knocks her over. That'll be her long-lasting memory. I mean, that, that, that's a, a fairy tale victory. And uh, there was times when we thought she was going to wilt and it was getting a little too much and fatigue sort of set in, but she just sort of kept engaged enough to play the next point on its merits. And she put the ball into some uncomfortable areas for Serena, which, you know, when you're 40, you don't want to be... Uh, <laughs> You don't want to be moving out of sort of the, the linear lines there where she can just sort of strike the ball. So yeah, I don't know whether it's going to be her last time. Uh, Venus was in the player box today. She's hardly playing. But they both said, I'm sure, a few years ago that they wouldn't. there wouldn't be a lot of fanfare around a big retirement. They would just sort of slide out of the sport. And mm. we'll have to wait and see what the next instalment looks like. Yeah, hopefully they have an involvement in the sport. That would be nice. Um, in the box, in uh, Harmony Tan's box, there were two ladies and a young girl. Did they name them at all, Brad, in the coverage? No, no, I'm no, they didn't. Uh, I, I know the uh, the coach. I'm just trying to think of her name, who's a former French player who actually played Serena going back two decades ago. Right. Uh, so that was that was an interesting little um, 
uh, relationship. But I think, well, I think there was the, the mum was in the box. Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure, yeah, to be honest, okay. but I, I love their reaction. I oh, love yeah. their reaction. They, I mean, they were just... Um, they were just riding every single shot, and uh, yeah, tears flowing and hugs galore. So, yeah, it was uh, it was sporting theatre at its best. Yeah, yeah it was. I, mean, I agree. Hey, very quickly, let's go through this: uh, Kyrgios, Dimonor, Thompson, Tom Lianovic, and Jason Kubler, all advancing. Well, look, Jason Kubler, brilliant, absolutely. <laughs> we love brilliant him, day. don't we? Over the, well, we do because he's just a good guy. I mean, all, all you Queenslanders are good value. You know, <laughs> it's exactly you know, right. <laughs> 29 years of age, seven knee operations, was told never to play on a hard court ever again. Otherwise, you mightn't be able to walk uh, when it's all said and done. He's had so much adversity. He's 200-odd in the world about three months ago. He's had this incredible run, you know, winning his first ever match at the French. Now he's won his first ever match at Wimbledon. We've always known he's had the talent, but injury has got in the way. So all I can say is hopefully the best is still yet to come. And he does never, ever get back out to triple figures in the rankings because he deserves to be in the top 100. He's a classy player. And he knocks over Dan Evans today, who loves playing grass court tennis with that beautiful slice. So I thought he was superb. Jordan Thompson was superb uh, today to win in straight sets. Tomo's playing sort of top 20 grass court tennis at the moment. Uh, That's how good his level has been for the past month. And, yeah, it was good to see Isla get through because that was one that... We thought, gee, um, she might uh, find a way to lose. She was pretty convincing. So, yeah, five out of ten. We'll take that, along with Kokonakis, who plays Djokovic tonight. Yeah, now, uh, Zoe Hives was playing uh, Sakari. Do you think her yeah. outfit was a bit bold? Like midriff showing? <laughs> yeah, it was eye-catching, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, no doubt about that, uh, uh, Heels. So, yeah, she probably just... Uh, uh, the exact measurements and uh, requirements of the dress code at Wimbledon. I yeah, you reckon? Just made right it, on the limit. <laughs> right on the limit. Right on the limit. Uh, but, yeah, she was uh, yeah, too good to Zoe. But, I mean, she had a debilitating illness too, Zoe Hives. So yeah. great to see her just back fit and healthy playing. So she found a little bit of rhythm, didn't she? She found a little bit yeah, of rhythm and, and yeah. got a bit more aggressive. That was good. Uh, so he's he's yeah, always got a little curveball for you, Brett, hasn't he? Yes, I like it. I like it. Have a rest. Fly blown with no sleep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you've had a long night. We really appreciate you waiting up and having a chat, mate. We'll talk again tomorrow, and let's hope there's more success for us tomorrow. Brett Phillips, SEN tennis commentator, joining us there. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll uh, finish up the show in just a moment. Patton Hills on SENQ, Queensland made. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Counting down to the 9 o'clock news here, breakfast with Patton Hills. Uh, Muzz has been prolific this morning. Uh, Rita Day's Gloves Off, sport is about fairness, fun, friendships, and has a funny way of teaching you humility through being humility, <laughs> uh, humiliated at times, which isn't a bad thing. P.S. A hunger and love for winning never hurt anyone either. Yeah, yeah, Buzz, I think you're pretty much right with that one. And um, then the skill, the skilled ones with that hunger and love, they're there. They just get moulded. They don't get created. They've got it, and they got it. They get it through early enjoyment, early success, maybe early feeling of I'm better than others mm. uh, at this, and and trust that they work it out for themselves. I've got a little bit of local news for you. What do you got, mate? The Bill of Wheeler Pro Am. Oh, what? Played a... yesterday. Oh, no. And a couple of the a couple of the old stages. I don't know whether they'd like me talking that way. 
Terry Price, the great yeah. Terry Price. He's has, won in Billow. Well, he's beaten Wynnum's favourite, Michael Wright, by a shot. Oh. And he's he's had two eagles and hold an 80-metre wedge to get the money at the at the Billow Wheeler Pro. What's the, what's the course like at Billow Wheeler? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Quite flat. There is a gully that you hit over and you've got to carry it a bit. And, and probably tough greens. They're probably small greens with decent drop-offs. So, well, well done, Pricey. Hey, very well done. And in the breaking news, of course, uh, Serena Williams knocked out in the first round at William uh, at Wimbledon at the age of 40. Kyrgios yeah. threw after surviving a really tough five-setter, along with four other Aussies. Hills, that's the show. Yeah, cricket this afternoon. Yep. We've got racing at Eagle Farm this afternoon too. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow, we've got Desi Morris coming on. DJ. Yes. We love him. He's our Queensland great tomorrow. So, great show lined up. Hope you've enjoyed it today. We'll be back with more from 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Bye. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.